y'all doing today? All right. Happy Friday to you. All right. Welcome to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk in the House. I'm glad to see y'all can make it. I'm glad to be able to make it, too. <laughs> no doubt about it. Anyway, welcome to the show. How y'all doing, man? I'm glad to have you here. Miss Lady, I see you up early Friday. Thank you for joining me. All right, so y'all, what's going on? How y'all doing, man? We got a lot to talk about. Um, man, do we have a lot to talk about? What's going on in our world, y'all? What is going on? We got mothers leaving babies going to the club. They're not even old enough to fix them something to eat. They leaving them to watch other kids. Then you got a, a, another young mother. Taping her baby up and leaving him in the floorboard of the car all car all day and oh my lord what's really going on with our youngsters, y'all? And I'm not just gonna say young, I'm saying what's really going on in the world. Because we have woo <sighs> Anyway <laughs> before I get started on that because y'all y'all know me, I go in on that hard, very hard, because oh my goodness. Anyway, welcome to the show, glad you can make it, and we are here today to have some fun, talk about some issues, and enjoy our day, enjoy our day, okay? We got a couple of songs of the day for you today, I don't know what they are yet, but I'm sure y'all help me figure that out. Uh, What are we talking about? Man, as far as what we're talking about today, we're going to talk a little bit about University of Missouri still and what's going on down there. Uh, another policeman is getting off the hook. According to the federal government, this officer killed, shot a black man with mental illness. He got off the hook. Uh, as I mentioned before, eight-year-old boy charged with murder. Charged with murder. And his sister, right thing to do, and his mother went to the club and left him in charge of some others, other kids. And uh, one little baby was crying, and he didn't know what to do, so he kicked and beat the baby till the baby died. That's such a sad thing, such a sad thing. Of course, you know, the system guy, he's in the system, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Facebook, y'all, if you're dealing with Facebook, a whole lot of you putting a whole lot of information on, on Facebook. I'm telling you, you better you better wake up. you better wake up, all right? Because anytime um, law enforcement are is requesting information from Facebook, um, they're giving it up 80 percent of the time. 80 percent of the time they're giving the information out. So I'm telling you, for those that live on Facebook, like putting your business on Facebook, keep on, just keep on. Um. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Microsoft has some new off. Uh, Microsoft has new artificial intelligence that recognizes human feelings. That's interesting because we had that conversation the other day. It look like they're trying to make the, the the machines take over. And Israel, y'all, Israel to get thirty million dollars of military equipment. From the United States of America, starting in 2017. Well, why are we still giving them anything, you know? But we're going to get to that as well. Um, 
So, we got a lot of little stuff we're going to talk about first before we get into the heavy, heavy stuff. So, y'all sit back, relax, and get ready. Now, for those that want to be a part of the show, hey, we got it, man. We got it. Um, here are a few ways you can do that. First thing, give me a call, 347-838-8622. You can email me, ericletstalk at gmail.com. You can also join us in our chat room, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. And there's also um, a website for the show, ericletstalk.com. And you can go by there and check that out and, and make sure uh, you, you're in, you know, you got some information out there, and if, you, if anything you want to add to it, just let me just put it on there, contact list, and we'd be more than happy to um, square you away in, in that um, in that that part of the house also. Okay, so those are all the ways you can participate on the show, and um, I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. All right, so before we really, really, really get in deep into this show. Because I'm telling you, I, I I got a feeling once we get into it, we gonna be rolling. We we gonna roll hard. Uh, let me go on and knock the song of the day out the way, and um, that way we come on back and, and get started with some real real serious talk here. All right. So without further ado, man, I don't know what I'm gonna play. I, I'm not gonna tell you. I don't know what I'm gonna play, but whatever it is, we gonna have some fun with it. All right. So uh, without further ado, man, here's your song. Up today. Put on your red shoes. 
Uh, and uh, there's a chat room www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. Those are all the ways you participate in the show, and I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you, okay? Now, with that being said, let's go ahead and um, <laughs> bring my co-host in, the one and only Mr. Cloud Nation Radio. All right, Cloud, what's going on, man? How you doing today? All right, unmute yourself, Cloud. I see you there. I can hear you breathing. All right. So he, he must have himself muted there for a moment. So we're going to drive on, and um, I'm sure he'll get in here when he can. All right. So, man, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, <laughs> Blackstain, you just hang around. We're going to talk a little bit more about computers and IT and all that good stuff, okay? Uh, um, <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway. I'm uh, I'm gonna move on like I want to move on today. Um, let's talk about something that's really disturbing here. Uh, and when I say disturbing, I mean really disturbing. And that is uh, coming out of Birmingham, Alabama. Eight-year-old charged in beating of one-year-old. Now this is a very very saddening saddening um, story here. Eight-year-old boy is being charged with beating a one-year-old girl to death while they were left home alone as their mothers went to a nightclub. Uh, Apparently, the boy beat and killed one-year-old Kelsey Lewis when she wouldn't stop crying. The mother-toddler, 26-year-old Katira Lewis, also is charged with manslaughter for her role in the death of her daughter. Police uh, issued a murder warrant for the eight-year-old boy. A murder warrant. Y'all hear that? Um, And is now in care of Alabama's Child Welfare Agency, the Department of Human Services. And the case will go through a family court system. Um, This is is really sad, man. It really is. The eight-year-old was the oldest of six children left alone as their mother's Tara Lewis and a friend went to a nightclub on the night of October the 11th. The eight-year-old is the son of Katira Lewis' friend. The friend has not been charged. Um, the little girl suffered severe head trauma and major damage to her internal organs. Now, you know, reading this story, it's just uh, being a parent myself, this makes me sick. It really does. It really does. Um, the eight-year-old was the oldest of six children left alone, eight years old. And he was the oldest of the six that were left there alone by their mothers. Now, usually we'll say, okay, the mothers had to be at least 16, 17, 18, 19, at least 20 years old, right? To make such a, 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 a nasty uh, decision such as this. And yes, I said nasty decision. And this is horrible, y'all. It really is. Number one, it has taken uh, another one of our black kids, eight years old, and placed him in a system that is, that is uh, set up to destroy his life. As an adult, so just imagine at the age of eight, at the age of eight. Now, I understand they charged 
the one girl, Katara Lewis, 26, they charged her with manslaughter. So why not charge the other girl too? She had kids there as well, right? And let's see, and uh, this is this is a, a very I, you know what I had so much to say about this one while I was doing this, and, and now that I'm reading it and thinking about it, and, you know there's really a loss. No words can, can explain this this type of of negligence, um, um, look stupidity. Um, there's no club in the world that is important to leave an eight-year-old in charge of six other kids, and the eight-year-old is the oldest. I don't care how mature you think your eight-year-old child is. See, we often talk about how we got to keep our kids from being part of the system, becoming part of a system, um, but yet, but yet, but yet, we're helping put our children in, in the system. You only need to charge one. You change one. Okay. Black Stan says you you only need to change one. Change one what? And, and this is just sickening, man. And I, I don't know if the eight-year-old boy really understood what he was doing, or better yet. Here's something that I don't think has come out yet. Maybe he was doing something he had seen done before, many times before, and felt that was the only way to deal with it. Now I'm just putting it out there. However, it does not make it does not excuse the parents, the so-called parents, from the the responsibility of why you leave your dang on kid home. Anyway, with eight, what, the club is not that important, people. And trust me, when I was a young man, I hung in the club. Trust me, the same people that was there that night was going to be there next week, probably was there the week before or the, the day before, what have you. It wasn't that important. See, this is a prime example of why we need to to, to, to talk to our young mothers, explain to them the decisions that they make now will have further repercussions. The club is not that important. Now your son is, is charged with murder. That was is going to follow him. He's in uh, the, the child protective services system. It's meant to keep him away from anything that that that. It's good for him. I want to, and I want to so bad say, throw the book at her, throw the book at her, put her back. But then, what would that solve? That's someone else that is now in the system. Godly man, the mistake boy. I tell you, I don't know. Here's another example out of Georgia. An 18-year-old mother is in custody after being accused of wrapping her toddler with packing tape and leaving him in a locked car for hours. Y'all hear that, right? The 16-month-old boy was found Wednesday wrapped in cellophane packing tape around his face, covering his mouth, 
and around his wrists and ankles, he is in good condition. All right. According to um, the sheriff's office and witnesses, the mother drove down a dead-end road and parked her car. Authorities said she then locked her tied-up toddler inside the car and walked down the hill to Lake Lanier to sit and think and was gone for hours. When it got dark, authorities said she went to nearby homes asking to use a phone to call a locksmith. She said she locked her keys in the car but didn't mention that her son was in the car. Authority said, no one opened the door to a stranger, but one homeowner called a locksmith and 911 to report a suspicious person on the secluded stretch of road along the lake. Uh, a locksmith arrived. I unlocked the car, reached in to get the keys out, and I heard a baby crying in the back seat, said the locksmith. I took my flashlight, looked back there. Sure enough, there's a baby in the back seat. The boy was on the board of the back seat out of view. The mother never said the boy was there. She never said the boy was there. Once again, now see, this 18 years old. This is an 18-year-old mother. 18 years old. Now, and... It's crazy. Why? Why? <sighs> People, right now, if you have daughters or young daughters, or you, y'all got, they have children, what have you, we, you need to talk to them. Because these decisions that's being made right now are not prudent decisions. They are not. They are not the right things to do. They're not. We can say, yeah, but there's circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Coming out of the chat room, we got Black Stan. Says, the system understands this child's case. Only need to charge one parent. Remember, Miss Talk, you would beat your child. Where is the father? Where is the father? The father should have a chance, choice to get to his child. This is why abortions are legal. This has been going on for years. Duh. Duh. And actually, um, Black Stan, this has nothing to do with beating your child. Let's not confuse the two. Okay? This has nothing to do with discipline. I because I, I, I forget. We, we, we are a society now that get caught up on words. This has nothing to do with disciplining your child. There is a difference. You know, when I say, yeah, I beat my child, I mean, I discipline them. Yeah. But see, we are, there's those out there that are so caught up in the correct wording. And if you said beat, you got to be, uh, uh, you have to be um, abusing your children. And that could be so much, so much further from the truth. Yes, I discipline my kid. Yes, I do. And I don't do the timeouts. That's right. Now, my kids, my child will be 13 in a couple of months. 
he's a boy. And we had this conversation. There's going to come a time when he wants to be king. <laughs> and I'm going to show him. It's inevitable. Now, you discipline your child the way you want to. You do what you want to. Just don't abuse the child. I'm not abusing mine. So there's a difference. So when you, you come up with little crazy statements like that, nah, nah, <laughs> not even worried about it. But in this case right here, to the extent where there's severe head trauma and major damage to her internal organs, yes, this is abuse. And, of course, right now, they, they, they're they going to try and put it on the 8-year-old. But I'm sure after some further examination, they're going to probably find that there are some other um, healed wounds or what have you. Now, I'm not saying uh, uh, all. Yes, I am. The little boy probably did what he had been seeing, being the scene done. Maybe to him. Maybe to somebody else. Maybe he, I mean, at eight years old, eight years old, kids only uh, uh, usually uh, uh, do what they've seen done for the most part, for the most part. But we'll we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and and see what happens with that case. But, yes, I discipline my children. I always will. Um, uh, Open the mic. I will prove what? This is why abortion has been going on for years. Open to the mic. I will prove it. You said it to not to me. Where did the ch- child learn this? Someone taught the child to hit a baby. Yeah. Yeah, I did say it. And I said it again. Yeah. Yeah. You see, a lot of times a baby's crying and, and you know, and young mothers, they don't know what to do, so you better stop crying. You better stop crying. And they'll raise their hand. Hit the child. I've seen it. And I've stopped. You know, baby can't defend himself, can't tell you what's wrong. So why are you beating on that child? It's a difference. It's a difference. But okay. Anyway, I was waiting on my man Cloud to get in here, but I guess he's going he ain't gonna get in here for a minute. So let me go ahead and open this mic and, and start this conversation off, because I guess somebody. Oh, you there? Okay. Oh, you know. All right, boy, don't do that. I'm looking like what in the world? Where that come from? <laughs> yeah, right. I, I'm I'm over here te- teaching um teaching some teens in my in my office at the same time, so I'll be in and out, but. Right now, um, it's like you said. It's it's imperative that uh, that you, like you said, that you raise up a, a child in the ways that they should go. And I, I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm personally not a parent, so I can't. I can't speak from the perspective of of what it means to be a parent. Although I've raised several of my cousins, uh, and when I say raised, I mean they lived with me. I took them to school. I, I tutored them. I fed them. I, took, I, you know, I did everything that a parent would do for them, and they spent ninety nine point nine percent of their time with me. So I basically, technically, was their parent. But it, but I'm not a parent. So so from that standpoint, but I I totally agree with you when you say 
that is real important to, you know, to instill discipline in in, in uh, children and, and to help them help nurture that critical thinking component of their lives because, you know, because it, it, that's really those things are going to separate, you know, human, human beings, individuals, that the nurturing, the love, the care, but also the ability to, to uh, be culturally aware, socially aware, and to have great critical thinking. We call it common sense, but great critical thinking skills because there's a lot of humanity that's missing out on that component, that critical thinking component. We see we see a lot of it. <laughs> so that that's a real, like you said, that's a real key. And um, I think one of the saddest things, in my opinion, uh, that I've I've noticed I've, I've I've got a chance to observe is that there are you know individuals who are raised in in, in households where they receive nurture and they receive discipline they receive great great you know principles critical thinking and all that and then when it's their time to become parents uh, some of these uh, same people who have have a good as some people would call it a good uh, background still don't um you know they don't reciprocate that same type of love and affection and nurturing that their parents passed on to them and so when people see them in the world they say man they must not have been raised right or something that i think that for me that's one of the most fascinating things that i've i've realized that can get all the nurturing and the caring and stuff and still come out and be horrible parents I, i'm always i'm amazed at that well, you, you know, and, and that's a very interesting um, um, point, um, Cloud. It, it really is because, you know, I think a lot of times what happens is those individuals, uh, oh, man, how could I put this? They sometimes buy too much into the propaganda of what's being uh, put out there. You know what I mean? As far as, you know, uh as Mr. Michigan would say, the your, the European way of raising your child, okay? Now, some would say, well, you know, if you really want to think about it, you know, that, that that's the slave master way of when they, you know, okay, okay. You know, as you say, the good book says, you know, um, spare the rods, <laughs> spoil the child, you know, and a prime, you know, I'm not going. I'm not even going to go there because I already see what it's going if I say this. But you know, and, and so I'm saying this to say, it, I guess it depends on where your mental state is. Uh, you know, if, if you really feel like you cannot discipline your child, uh, if you can't spank or give your child a swat. Without maintaining a without maintaining a safe uh, force, then no, you don't need to the, 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 the discipline your child that way. I'm sorry, but in the same breath, I'm saying you just can't let your child go on 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 undisciplined. In in this case of this little boy, though, you know, for him, to, you know, head injury and internal injuries, he had to do some serious damage to this little girl, and I I can't see. Him just not doing that without having seen it done before. You know, because young kids, they imitate what they see, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm, you know, yeah, especially when it comes to especially when it comes to handling kids younger than what they are. You know, so yeah, uh, this is this is it's sickening. Is what it really is. It's really sickening. But you know, I I, I can see with us discussing this right here, uh, it's gonna lose down to who's for um, corporal punishment. You know, corporal punishment. Uh, that's a key word that raises all alarms. Or you know, back growing up when I was coming up, you know, we didn't say discipline. You know, you're like we got a beat. Okay, we got a beating. That wasn't abuse. That just was the terminology that was used back then. But fast forward into today's more intellectual, technological world that we deal with. If you say beating, man, you have to get CPS called on you in a heartbeat. You understand what I'm saying? But it is not. Oh, absolutely. So uh, what I'm saying is is, is we need to get off this, this politically correct crap that we, we're dealing with right now. Now, as far as this, I, I want to say so bad, they need to throw the book at her behind. They really do. But then again, that's putting her, well, she's basically put herself in the system that's, that's designed to ruin her. She's only 26 years old. 26 years old. So, uh, you know, putting her in this, well, she put herself in the system, she might as well say her life is gone. The child is eight years old. They didn't issue a murder warrant for him at eight years old. Number one, he's black. Number two, he's a little black boy. Number three, he's in the uh, CPS system now. Those, but he already had two strikes against him because he was black and a little boy. Now with those other three, that's five strikes against him. He got an uphill battle to go already. People and this discussion to say we got to do better. We have to do better. We have to. For you young mothers out there listening, if you want to go to the club that bad, if you really want to go to the club that bad, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I do not want know what to say. I don't because this is horrible. It's horrible. I don't care who's showing up at the club. Jesus Christ himself could be at the club. I'm sorry. I wouldn't leave my children with that old. And yes, I said it. But you religious fanaticals out there. Yes, I said that. Now I mean it. Anyway. Um, let me go ahead and... Uh, Claude, you got anything else to say before I bring these colors in? Because <laughs> who knows? Yeah, don't. The only thing I, I want to add is um, there's one one of my kids, and this again I don't have I've never had children, but I'm talking about one of the one of the kids that I, I teach a mentor um, is in a, is actually in one of those situations. Uh, he's 12, and he has a similar scenario where his his parent was raised in a, an amazing household, you know, because I I grew up around around his parents, so I'm familiar with her. And so, um, but the, the the teaching it didn't transfer over. And you know, we talked about this on one on a show some some time ago. We talked about the foundation, the household, in household culture, and that the household is the incubator of our consciousness. It is it is what lays down 
the foundation for us. It's where everything starts. And for children, it's typically where you spend a large percentage of your time in the household unless, you know, you're, you're one of those kids that have, like, that's just out out and about all the time. And that, and you know, that, and that can happen too. That's not necessarily a negative thing, depending on how that, how you're being out and about is, is tailored, how that's, how that's constructed. But anyway, <laughs> so, so yeah, so, so I got a kid right now that um, is dealing with a similar issue where he has a parent who does not, who just doesn't do anything for him, period. Like she's not active. She doesn't take him to school on time. I mean, just just the basic stuff, you know, just getting your kid to the time, making sure the kid has clean clothes, making sure, you know, the child eats eats on time, those types of things, just everyday, you know, plain Jane stuff, nothing nothing flamboyant, nothing, you know, extraordinary, just the base, parental basics. This kid mm. does not have it. And so uh, moving forward, I believe I'm going to have to adopt him. I think I'm gonna have to do that because mm-hmm. because at this the kid is the kid is is an incredible intellectual first and foremost. I mean the kid is 12 years old and is already in high school, so that that just gives you an idea of of the quality of of, of kid. This great character kid doesn't get into problems, doesn't get in trouble. Just just an all out. This kid on 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 you know doing the most with his life, but unfortunately he is in a position where he has a parent that could jeopardize his his schooling because if she doesn't get him to school he misses days he's already you know on one of those lists where mm-hmm. they could call DC, DCFS and all those things and so he's missed a lot of school. Because of that, and he's been tardy a lot because of his parent, and 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 because we're on this theme, I'm I'm just bringing this up because, you know, that, that's what I mean when when I say that's the type of stuff that amazes me because they you come up in a household where the 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 household culture is is amazing, is immaculate. You got great household culture, and somewhere somehow you still come out and don't and you don't replicate that same behavior. You don't you don't keep cultivate the same culture with your child or a, a more evolved version because you you know you're a different generation but but it should evolve. It shouldn't take a step back in my opinion. So when I so when I see that for me that's one of the more that's one of the real frustrated things to see to see you know people who have kids and don't and don't do even the basic stuff, you know, for their kids. You know what I mean? Right. Right. You know, and I think a lot of times, before I bring this lady in, um, I think a lot of times what what happens is the, the, the parents or grandparents, they're aware of what's going on, but they don't want to be involved because they want, well, you know, let them wear that. They, they got to learn. It, it's a difference between letting them learn and letting a child be abused or let you know, the wrong things be taught to a child. You know what I mean? It's your child, too. I mean, I don't man. This very. This is really where I'm a speechless. But this right now, I'm speechless about this because this really hurt me to the core to to read this thing. And I, I mean, I don't read it since Wednesday over and over again, and I just can't come to grips or uh, have an understanding of how 
Why? Why would you go to a club and leave an eight-year-old in charge of six kids and he's the oldest out of the crew? I'm not understanding that. I'm not. But um, anyway, let me bring this lady in. And so uh, <laughs> we get her point of view on this uh, this topic right here. Hello, Miss Lady. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Just a little busy. So yeah. working while I'm listening. Kind of, I haven't heard everything, but mm-hmm. I did hear something. Uh, something said about the eight-year-old boy that um, was left in charge of six siblings. Is that true? Yeah, six kids. They didn't say they were his siblings. Just he was left in charge of six kids, and he was the oldest out of all of them. And uh, this this uh, baby girl was crying, and um, he apparently killed the child, you know, and uh, they charged him with murder. This is out of Alabama. Yeah. Well, can I ask and, you, how many parents were involved? And, um, did two. one person, one woman have two. six kids? Two. Yeah, so, it was two. And, and they were in their 20s? Yeah, one was 26. It doesn't say how old the other other mother was, but one was 26, who um, was the parent of the little boy. She was 26. So now, my question is, where are the fathers of these children? Of these, of, the, of these children, especially of these boys, where is where are the fathers? And what responsibility, I just pose a question, do they have uh, regarding the outcome of this unfortunate case? You know that's a that's a good point. Um, it doesn't mention anything about the fathers. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and so when I heard Cal talking about his this little boy that he sees after a mentors and mm-hmm. advises, um, he said he mentioned the mother, but he didn't mention a father being there as well. And I mm-hmm. think that's a that's a big part in a lot of the. Um, the problems that result is that you have one parent, young parent, um, who's probably uh, undeveloped in certain areas, emotionally, uh, financially, educationally, um, and who has been charged of taking care of children 24-7. And so this is their escape to get out to the club, have a good time, and not be uh, not, not having the responsibility of being a parent for for a while. Uh, obviously, they didn't think there were other options in terms of babysitting, maybe. There were no family members, no friends they could ask. I don't understand it. Uh, what what all, this, uh, um, what all took place that makes no sense, mm-hmm. none whatsoever. You know, you know and what, unfortunately, Ms. I'm thinking about this little boy. He's going to be put in the system. He, he more than likely is going to be bullied and taunted and destroyed and will have to fight and um, become hyper aggressive. But he's uh, act, you know, him acting that acting that way says that you've seen probably a few too many videos of too much fighting or television, too much fighting and violence, which is promoted in this country everywhere you look, movies, video games, television. Um, and he just he doesn't have he didn't have the maturity to and obviously babysit and especially sit younger children. Mm-hmm. So to me that says this, these women are just very emotionally underdeveloped. I mean, mm-hmm. I wonder if they have some um, retardation problem, to be honest, or somewhere, somehow. 
And where are the fathers? Where are the other family members? Where are the friends? I mean, I don't understand that. Now, that little boy is so sad because his life is pretty much destroyed. And, you know, he's going to be abused. He's going to have to fight. You know, who knows? He may be raped while he's in in the system, you know. Um, And the other children, their lives. I don't know if there's other family members to take care of and raise these children, family members who are stable. I don't know. So it just reaches on and on and on. It's a very sad case. But my third, where are the fathers of these children? Hmm. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. You know, and it, it, the article doesn't mention anything about uh, parents you know the fathers or anything like that, and you know why you were talking. Some something came to me because uh, mentioned you know where were the fathers, where were the other family members, friends or something. And the thought came to me was apparently they they have done this before. I can't see somebody just getting up out, out of the blue and say, okay, let's go to club. We're gonna leave um, my eight year old boy in charge of all the kids and everything will be all right. You know, uh, this is this. I, I don't know. Uh, I, you know, and it, as you said, it is very, very, very sad. It really is. But uh, let me go ahead and bring a couple of other callers in, so we can discuss this just a little while longer before we get to um, something else we want to talk about today. All right. So, um, triple. Well, thank you, Miss Lady. Triple one. Welcome to the show. Who do I have here? Yeah, what's up, Mr. Talk? How you doing? I'm doing fine, Michael. How are you? Well, real quick, I want to get into the topic again so you can go to the next caller and move it on. But it could have been many ways, you know. It could have been the first time. And I agree with you, most likely it's not. But it could have been. You know, some people have sex for the first time and get a girl pregnant. You know, and it's like, oh, my goodness, first time I had sex, I got a girl pregnant. I mean, it could be like that. Um, So we don't know. But... You know, I, I, I agree. I, I don't think um, it's bad for anybody to forecast someone's future as bleak. Um, I think as a society, we should look at this situation and say this is not an ordinary situation. This usually doesn't happen in our society. So as a society and as with, you know, uh, the child's family, he should have a great support group. I don't think any human being should look at his situation and, and, and predict that he's just going to be this terrible person in the future. Because if you do that in your mind, then I, I think um, in his process of healing, he's not going to heal because people have already put this thing in his mind, uh, put these, um, well, I'm sorry, already have the, the assumptions in their mind about the boy's future. Um, you know, so. I think if he have a great support group, because we all can look at it and say, okay, yes, he did do it, but he's not totally 100% responsive. Boy, is 18 years old. Um, he, he may not know how to control his emotions. He's, he, he may not have no discipline whatsoever. Um, so I, I, really, I think in this case, he is not totally at fault. This is a situation where people need to counseling, I don't think he needs to be, I mean, they may incarcerate him until he's 21. I don't think it should be 21. I think it should be uh, at least around 12 years of age or around 13 years of age. 
and go ahead and let him start. I, I don't think this should hold his life up and move on. But I agree. Where is the fathers? As a father who has raised children, I have a, a son. This is his last year in high school. Um, where's the fathers? Now, no one is, you know, saying that, uh, giving them any excuse. But when you have a situation like this, everyone looks and says, this mother was this, this mother was that. When you look at a child situation in the world, you cannot look at one person, never. You always have to look at the mother and the father. Where's the mother? Where's the father? Now, um, and I'll say this and I'll be quiet, Instead of sending the child to foster home, the father should have, or all of the fathers in that situation, should have the first right to take care of the child. There is no government agency in this world or in this land uh, that uh, when a situation happens uh, with the mother neglecting her children and they see that situation, they don't reach out to the father. Whether the father may have a criminal record, you don't know his current situation. I'm just being speaking in general, not specific, but in general. If the father has a criminal record, if the father uh, uh, may not uh, be uh, maybe living with his mother, I don't care. The 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 the, the government that's going to be involved should reach out to the father and see if he wants to take responsibility for that child. It shouldn't be a situation a child gets in a, a situation and, it autom- and the, the system automatically takes over the child. No. Okay? Um, so, so, so once the, uh, the, uh, the criminal justice system uh, feels that, uh, I guess, the child has been re- rehabilitated, it, it, they should definitely go with the father, and that should get the choice. And I, I think a lot of men should look at this situation. Don't, and I, I, like I said, this probably wasn't the first time. Um, and um, this, I mean, that, that's just how it is. I don't think that the other parent should be charged because technically you could charge her for neglecting her children, but you can't charge her for the murder um, because now this they the mothers are responsible, but they you can't say that the mother's plan for the eight year old child to kill uh, her her one year old uh, child. I'm not, I'm not going to say she didn't plan it. She, she 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 didn't foresee that happen. So you can't say that she premeditated for that to happen. So there's no murder charges. I think only one parent should be charged, and the other parent should be charged for neglect. And I think the other fathers that's in these children's lives, they should step up and say, "Oh, you're going to leave my child alone with an eight-year-old uh, uh, child. You're not fit." So I think the court should look at the fathers, and this is a situation where they can step up. But that's all I have to say, Mr. Tom. All right. Thank you, Mike, for that. And, uh, you know, uh, 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 your opinion is always appreciated. And uh, you made a very couple of interesting points. However, you know, let's let's get back to this system that you use, uh, that you spoke of. You know, now let's look at CPS. CPS is not a system that is there to protect the family. All right. Contrary to what they will tell you, what you have heard, they are not there to protect the nuclear family, especially not a black family. Okay, not at all. So once this kid is in the system, he's in the system. Whether they're the fathers are there or not, they're they're not trying to. Even if the look, I've been in some cases with CPS where. 
the grandmothers taking care of the baby, made every every appointment, everything that was necessary to be done according to CPS. And CPS still took the baby and put him with a foster family. Okay? So this here is, is a prime example of what's it's going to happen, Mike. Now, hopefully, hopefully he, you know, things work out and he, you know, he gets with somebody who can keep, you know, got a straight head and, and keep it squared away. But I, I, I don't see nothing but as of right now, as an eight-year-old child, yes, he's going to need counseling. He's going to need counseling. Now, Miss Lady said, well, you know, he's going to get picked on or whatever. Let me let, let let me explain something to you to the listeners here real fast. All right, let me explain something to you. All right. Whenever, please listen to what I'm about to say. Whenever you take another's life, whether it's voluntarily or involuntarily, okay. It does something to you, okay? And you know, I understand it's an eight-year-old boy, but and Mr. Lady was like, "Well, he's gonna get picked on. That's gonna make it worse because now, because what's gonna happen is without counseling, and the more they pick on him, the more he gonna become um, consumed or, or eaten up with. I'm not gonna say guilt." It becomes a badge of honor. You know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying, Mike? It becomes a badge of honor. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, right? Uh, it's here around a group of kids, and they say, "Wow, yeah. this guy yeah. killed his 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 his, his yeah. one year old child." So he has a killer instinct. You better not watch out for him. Um, yeah. Don't mess with this guy. So I, yeah, I understand what you're saying. And pit, and kids, yeah, you're right. You're right. And, and 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 in order in order to maintain that invinci- the 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 aura of invincibility. Hey, I do it again. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I right, would, right. I understand what you're saying, right? But I don't. I understand, and you're right. But at this age, okay, I'm sorry. Hopefully, this won't happen. But then, right. that is not uh, tailored toward uh, really healing or taking care of children, especially children of color. It, it does. It just doesn't look good. It doesn't. You know, and, and you know, being there, I think it was out of Birmingham, Alabama. I think it is, and depends on the neighborhood or where he come from. Right there, it probably was nothing anyway. Something he heard about every on a daily basis. You know, and, and Mr. Lady had a had a good point also when she mentioned um, the video games. You know, hey, you know, I said him watch my son um, when he was younger play what they call not not Call of Duty, but what was the driving game? Where you can run over people and rob people and what the game is? It was a driving game. Um. Man. Anyway, um, what's I, that game? I don't. I'm not yeah. into gaming. Um. Yeah, you know, it, I Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, that's it. Grand Theft Auto. That's it. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. You no, know, I told him you would not play that game in my house. No. No, 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 no. That that's not happening. <laughs> You know, and, and you know, just I know people say, well, that's really not 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 has anything to do. That really doesn't have anything to do with it. Yes, it does. 
Yes, it does. Because it gives it gives kids a false sense of reality. You know, when I when I was growing up, you know, there was Bugs Bunny, there was um, Coyote, and, and those were violent cartoons. Believe it or not, if you really sit back and look at them today, you're like, man, this is a violent cartoon. But at that time, yeah, right. we did like that because even though stuff happened to them, you know, they got back up and they went on about their business. You know what I mean? But, but we had the understanding because we had the, 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 the nuclear family or we had the individuals in place that would say, look, that is not reality, okay? That's just cartoon. Don't believe it. It doesn't happen for real. Right. That's where the primes come in. And you're right because cartoons right. were made for adults. I mean, it took a nickel to go to the, I mean, the first uh, movie, uh, you know, the first theater. And Tom and Jerry, I think, well, Mickey Mouse, but Tom and Jerry, look at their cartoons, guns, shooting each other, smoking in the cartoons. It was made for adults, but you're right. Listen, your children and us as as adults are going to see things and hear things that we disagree with. That's why you need to be in your children's ear and let them know what they're looking at is a production Yes, uh, yes. Some of the things that you may see on TV may represent real things that's uh, in life, and things happen. But you have to be there and talking to them. What you're seeing are actors. The actors don't even live like that in real life. Um, it's a production, and everything that you see on TV is planned, and it's a representation of something. But that people show you what to do and not to do. But you have to be there. And if you care anything about it. See, you have, I mean, you know, you just have to have that conversation. It's just as simple as that, having a conversation. If you're having a conversation with your children, you're there with them. You're intimate. You you can, you know, you, you're there. You're communicating. You have some type of connection. But sometimes we just don't have that. And what I'm saying is, and Mr. Talk, if that's a situation where the biological family members was taking care of the child correctly, and the social service or uh, CPS comes in and says, we're going to take this child away from his biological family and put him with a foster parent that we don't know, that should be investigated. The parent should be uproared. If the fathers are not getting a choice to take care of their children and get custody of their children when the mother is not doing right, fathers should be upset. That's it. The parents, the family should get the first choice, regardless. Now, the now now CPS saying that uh, you know because you know sometimes uh, uh, the family members say, well, we can't take on one of our family members because I don't know they may have kids of themselves. You, sometimes they're trying to find out that there have been in cases you you're trying to find somebody in the family to take the child, and no one in the family wants to take them. There's cases like that, and then they wind up going to CPS. So we need, yes, if there are situations out there where the father or the other biological family members are not getting that first choice in raising that child, no, that needs to be changed. It needs to be changed. All right. Well, thank you, Mike. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, let me bring this next caller into the conversation. All right, uh, welcome to the show, Triple One. Um, who do I have here? Yeah, it's Joe. Hey, Joe, what's going on? Hey, Joe. All right. We're talking about two different stories, one about an eight-year-old boy now charged with murder, um, and another story about about a girl who's 26 years old who left her son. No, it's the same story. That's the same same story? Yeah. Same story? Same story. Okay. Well, I happen to agree with uh, most of what Miss Lady said and most of what Mike said. 
Um, I don't think that's well. And what you were saying was, CPS is a racket. CPS is not there to try to repair the nuclear family. CPS has a monetary incentive to take kids away from families, so they do that. So by doing that, they're not repairing the nuclear family. And before that's done, they should, as Mike was talking about, offer um, other relatives, especially the father, the first option to have that child before putting that child into the system. Now, you were talking about when an 8-year-old or any boy or any girl of that age does anything, they're usually emulating what they've seen. And that's true. They're mimicking the behavior of what they've, uh, what they've experienced. And you cannot give an 8-year-old boy the responsibility of looking after, what, six other children? Yeah. Come on. Now, the mother... Huh? And he was the oldest. Yeah. And the mother went out clubbing. Then um, she waited until dark or went away from her car, left one of the babies inside. That's a a different one. That's a different one. That's a different situation. Okay. That's a different one. All right. So in any case, this this mother went clubbing, left the kids home. If you're going to be a parent, you have to realize, especially if you've had six of them. Now, it hasn't been clear whether or not what the child was taking care of were his siblings or not, but probably they were. If you're going to be a parent, what somebody should tell you in your ear is that your single days are over. Hmm. Over. You cannot act as a single person anymore. You have to take care of your child. That child comes first. And if it means sacrificing, that's what it means. It means sacrificing. You sacrifice the time that you want to go out with your friends in order to take care of the child, especially if it's a special needs child, or especially if it's a child that's not special needs, but because the the, the parents haven't raised that kid right, that kid is acting out for whatever reason. So your days are over. Um, Now, getting back to the other one, which I found interesting, also, before I get to that other one, charging an 8-year-old with murder? Now, if that is obvious about how the system is trying to get people to become incarcerated, if it's not just for the for the profit part of the prison industrial complex, but just to divide and conquer in and of itself, I don't know what has to be done in order to to get people to realize what's going on. But okay, enough about that case. Now you got a what a girl who's twenty six years old. Leaving her baby in the car? No, this this child was. She wasn't twenty six. She was younger. I think she was eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. Yeah. This now both parents have a problem. This but this this girl, eighteen years of age, to have any any kind of children, and then to leave the, the baby in the car after being after wrapping the baby up in cellophane and probably suffocating the baby and probably wishing the baby was suffocating, then leaving the car. No keys, waiting until dark, going up to a neighbor's house, or maybe more than one neighbor's house, to use the phone, meaning she doesn't have her own cell phone. She doesn't have a quarter that she can use to walk around and try to find a pay phone, maybe. Hmm. means this girl is suffering truly deep emotional problems. Then she calls a locksmith, and then... <laughs> she, doesn't she think that when the locksmith comes along and opens the door, that, hello, baby, 
you know, I, I, you know, listening, listening. To, I mean, reading the story. I think what she she felt was by the time she got back, the baby probably would be um, deceased. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But she had just put the tape on enough just to put it under the baby nose, so the baby still could breathe. Yeah. So, like, uh, right then and there. I mean, I mean. Hold up, guys. I'm just getting back. Hold up. You're saying that someone left Michael, a child. Michael, I didn't in interrupt the... you. Oh, yeah, I'm up. sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you got. I'm sorry. So, um, yeah, I mean, but she probably wanted to get caught. Uh, she did get caught. She has problems. Um, and also, the thing about the, the fathers, that's an interesting concept. The fathers, I want to find out how many fathers said to, the, to this girl, I don't want a baby. And who knows, maybe she said, okay, uh, I will have an abortion. Or she says, well, okay, let's see what happens when, when it happens. I want to find out what happened, what kind of conversations these, uh, these men had with this woman. But the, both women are, you know, sick, especially the one who wrapped up the baby. That's eh, dumb. Okay, now I'm finished. What, Mike? All right, go ahead, Mike. No, I was just trying to get to the story because I, maybe I didn't get the second story. You were saying that because I, I was getting bits and pieces of what you were saying because I, I was away from the phone. Are you saying that someone left a child in the car and went yeah. to go get a locksmith to open up the car? I mean, was it by accident or was it on purpose? This was intentionally. Well, why would you go get a locksmith? To, this is crazy. That's what I Now, thought. I'm thinking, right, I'm thinking that she left the baby in the car intentionally and came back to the car and found out that she locked her keys in the car and go get a locksmith, then the baby was dead. I mean, that's what I was thinking. But if, if your baby, well, first of all, she shouldn't have left him by herself. But, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Wow, this is crazy. And But this has nothing to, and I just want to say this and I'll fall back, this has nothing to do with race. This has to do with the mental mind. There are many people from Hispanic, Caucasian, leave their children in the car when it's hot and shady. You can see it. I mean, and this was the first, when we first heard it on the news, it didn't come out of our community. So this is a, this is a, this is not a racial thing. This is a human mind and how people Need to neglect, uh, you know, neglect their children. But I mm-hmm. just want to say this: it doesn't matter. And I understand where you're coming from, Joe. You're saying what? What was the conversation uh, before the baby was born? Yeah, but what I'm saying is that is kind of a mute argument because once the baby is walking on the planet Earth, mother and father is responsible. Trying to go back and to say, well, he didn't want it, she didn't want it, and all that. No, the baby is here now, and let's focus on that. Because all the rest of the stuff is just it's just conflict, um, arguments, um, just drama. <laughs> it's yeah, just, well, it's drama that needs to be either avoided or talked about. But one thing which I don't think that she got since you were going uh, maybe to get a snack or something, was that she didn't leave the baby in the car like you know like some mothers do when they go inside Walmart and then come back out. She wrapped this baby up in cellophane. Yeah. Um, and probably, and, and it looks to me, that she did it hoping that the baby would die. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And you know, here's the interesting thing. Uh, in the article, it says that uh, her and her son lived about seven miles from where she was arrested with her parents. Seven miles. 
And uh, what they're saying is, to the best of um, their knowledge, let's see, the father's not in, in the picture at all. So, there it is right there. Right. The, the father's so, not involved. I mean, this, and I'm going to say, this is maybe a situation where um, this is where abortion may have been, should have been, probably been the case. Because what I'm saying is, like I said, case-by-case case basis, if she really didn't want to have the child and the father didn't want to have the child, they had that conversation, and she still had it anyway, this is what you may have. Um, and people say, well, she should go give it to her adoption. I, I don't, I mean, that's a, that's a person's mind. I don't know how a human minds what they're going through when they go through that. I'm just speculating. But... There also has to be a, pro, a, a situation here where the woman doesn't really want to have the child and the man wants it. We never talk about that situation. Um, and people say, well, she should go ahead and have it. Well, if you say that, then you're pro-life. Um, but if that does and she does have it um, and she didn't want it and the man wanted it, yeah, she should go ahead and relinquish that child over to the father because he's clearly saying that he wants that. And uh, we shouldn't play games with that. So I agree, Joe. It's, you know, it's. I, I'm, I'm not going to say you're talking because I'm going to fall back and take back what I'm saying, um, because sometimes the conversation before is important uh, too. So I do correct myself. You all right, Joe? All right. All right. That's a milestone. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm just sitting there thinking. Yeah, you're right. The conversation before is. It's good, but once the baby is gone, then it's kind of like me. But I understand what you're saying. You know why it's smooth? Because the law says so, and I don't agree with the law. But there are lawyers who say, well, it's against public policy to have the kind of contract that I want to have set up. Um, And usually most men will say, well, I like to have a contract in which um, if you do have a baby, even though we've discussed it and you've said you don't want the baby, that I can relinquish my rights. What I want is... You, you and I have a contract. You say um, you will have an abortion. Now you change your mind? No. You're hold having on. that abortion. But, right. Joe. Right. Hold on. But, hold Joe, on. I want you. Okay. Joe, I got, I got two other people need to get in. Because <laughs> I know y'all, y'all can't go back and forth. <laughs> right, because I, okay, I'll wait. Because what he just said was crazy as I don't know what. This played out in life. It's crazy. I'm sorry. All right. Hold on. All right. the last word. Let's see. Triple One, welcome to the show. Who do I have here? Hey, this is Andrew calling from Africa. Well, hello, Andrew. How are you? From Africa, huh? Oh, doing all right. Yeah, doing all right. Living in a nice place. I don't have too many complaints. I still have all my arms and legs. Well, that's a great thing. That's a great thing. (laughs) All right. What what do you have for me today? (laughs) Well, uh, I like the show. It's a cool name, Mr. Talk. Um, I'm actually looking for, uh, I'm actually interested in connecting with people that are interested in Africa and people that are also interested in, in broadcasting because I find there's a lot of great shows on blog talk, but it's really a big challenge to see how can we get the information to people that are in other countries other than you know Europe and the United States because uh, people just don't seem to have the kind of access to uh, media that uh, that countries that have got good internet access uh, do. So, uh, so I've been trying to think of ways to try and deal with social issues, uh, utilizing media. But, uh, but at the same time, there's this bottleneck. Uh, there's so many different levels of challenges to be able to get through 
even just to be able to bring education to people. Because the stuff that you're talking about right now, you mentioned it's an education issue. And uh, so that's what I've been trying to do, and, and that's what my interest is, uh, you know, bringing education and then trying to solve some of the issues through education. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, Andrew, I, I tell you what, we we can get together um, offline, and uh, we we can make it happen. Okay. Yeah, I'll be in our shoes. Yeah, I'll be more than happy to broadcast in Africa. <laughs> okay. Do you yeah. have? Uh, I mean, do, do we need to make a time to be able to connect or something like that? Uh, I mean, yeah, is there an easy way to contact me? Okay, just stand by. Okay, just stand by, and uh, I'll get back with you in a moment. Okay. Okay, thanks. All right, thanks, Andrew. All right, let me bring um, the next call in. All right, Triple One, welcome to the show. Who do I have here? Hey. Hello, Mr. Bo. Hello, how can are you? Me? I can hear oh, you well. Month, as always. <laughs> What's going on, Maze? Go ahead, Maze. I know you have a lot. What's up, Maze? How you doing? Joe don't like to hear Hello, your voice. Mike I like to hear your Joe. voice. Well, I can tell it. <laughs> you already know. Well, I'm wondering, why is this a big deal about the lady leaving? Huh? The lady leaving her kids with another kid, and it happens all the time. Um, oh, my goodness. Or are they just blowing it out of proportion? Because you have kids shooting their parents in grocery stores with guns in their purses and killing them. I mean, nobody made a big deal out of that. Or where this child going to go? Um, or is it is this something just to have a conversation about? Or is something that just happened... There's people, something wrong with people. Mace, what grade is that? What? What grade is the uh, smoke you smoke? The same grade you don't smoke. Here we go. Oh, uh, wait a minute, Mace. So, Mace, basically what you're saying is that, that, you know, why are we making such a big deal? There's really nothing wrong with her leaving an eight month old. Um, you know, the eight-year-old boy home alone in charge of six other kids younger than him, and he commits murder. No, that's not what I said. I said, what's the big deal? It happens all the time because of the kids that cut up their parents, they killed them and cut them up. What did uh-huh. they do with them? We just heard about it and it went on, and that was the end of it. Okay, this situation. So, do we find certain talking. cases that we got to sit and talk about with what kids are doing, or are we just talking about this one? Because that case was not talked about at all. Okay. okay. Uh, what case was this, Stop, Maze. You're talking too fast, okay? You're just throwing stuff out there. Now, let's go oh, back yeah. a little bit. Let's go back a little bit, all right? Now, mm-hmm. what kids you talking about were chopped up? What are you talking about? The kids that killed their parents about two months ago chopped them up. Two boys. They were young. Yeah. Yeah. They killed them. They didn't make a big deal. They just said it was news and went on. And then the uh, little kid that was in the grocery store that took the gun out of his mother's purse and shot and killed her. That was just a day, and it was gone. There wasn't no conversation about it. So these are kids killing grown-ups, and then kids killing kids. Because I'm okay. sure this is not the first time it happened. So are we having a conversation about it? Or... No. Mace, this is a rare. This doesn't happen That's not all rare. the time. It's rarity. This is not the first time. Okay. Look, no, look, I know look. it's not the first time, but oh. it's a still a rarity in our society. Oh, no, it's not. Hey. Um, um, wait, hold, hold up, Mace. All right, mm-hmm. let, let's put it this way. Anytime anything like that happens, 
Okay, it should be taken serious, no matter if it's a day or, or you know whatever. Now, why aren't they talking about it? Who knows? Because maybe maybe the the the, the, the saddest thing about this whole thing is it become it has become such normal. It has become such a normal thing. We just sure shrug it off now. You know what I mean? Okay. Oh well, there's another one. Oh well, there's another one. Oh well, to the point to where right. it's, it's normal. It's norms, and, and, and is the point that they're going to do something about it, or they're just having it just because it's a topic in the news? Who's going to do something about it? The ones that well, say it and then get it as a conversation. Well, Mace, if someone who is actually doing what this girl is doing and nothing happened yet, maybe it has scared them so they won't do it again. Because there's mm-hmm. other people that's doing that. There's a lot of people leaving children behind, and maybe if, if the people that are doing it hear this, maybe it will deter them from doing it because it may happen to them. Mm-hmm. That's why you need to talk about things and have a conversation. Okay. Because it's the world. Premise, this this, this is what us human beings do. We all gossip. Well, Everyone gossip. Well, what does that the got to, oh, that's right, gossip. <laughs> but what does this got to do with an abortion? And if the man was there or what? Well, it has a lot to do because these are the questions that we need to ask to try to avoid the situation. Once again, if the father was in the lives of the children, and guess what? If they had custody of their children, maybe they would see him that weekend and she could go out into the clubs. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? If the fathers had him on that weekend, the fathers may have had the children, and then the woman wouldn't have to worry about leaving. But if the fathers are not in the life, I'm just getting a, a, a simple situation, but if the father's not in the life, well, they may be in that situation. Now, am I saying they still leave the kids? No, but I'm just saying. Maze, so we need to talk that. about this, Mace. I mean, this this is this a hot of verbals that made this happen. There are many verbals for make, uh, to make her want to leave her children in the house by herself and go clubbing. There's many verbals that led up to that. That's all. Now, I don't understand your premise, Mace, of even why you're asking why is this being yeah. discussed at all. I'm saying that why is it? Are they gonna? Are they trying to solve this from happening in 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 place? In the what they do, I don't group, or they don't care, or they just using it for a topic to talk about. I don't Wait a minute, give me some of that. Everybody stop. Like, Everybody stop. Maze, who are you talking about? Who is they? Who are they? Well, the, the news people that put it out there. It's just like they, just like the drug epidemic that's out there. They're trying to stop that, and that's why they are talking about it because they're trying to stop it. So but you have women and babies so in the houses saying, all the time, and so they have some of them and don't die. Are you saying us on the phone, or are you saying you as the um, as the media? I'm not the media because I didn't print this. Because if no, they didn't no, print it, you no. wouldn't be talking about it. Okay, all right, stop, stop, no. mate. Look, I, I, hopefully, hopefully they put it out there so it it, it make others aware of, of the situation that's going on. And if there are other mothers out there doing it, maybe they'll think once or tw- they'll think twice about you know continuing the, the practice. Okay, I'm doing okay. it because it needs to be put out there. Let you know okay. if, if somebody in your family is doing it, maybe you need to sit down and talk to them. Like, look, this well, is not a good. Nobody in my family is doing it, so I don't have to worry about nothing like that. No, I'm not talking about you. They were. Okay. All right. Never mind. Anyway. Yeah, Mr. Talk, I mean, this is serious. Yes, I know it's serious. And even if it's a rarity or even if it's a common occurrence, it's still something which is highly unusual. Right. It's something which... 
which which explores the human psyche. Even if it uh, happens every day. But unusual is that you can be in the house with an eight year old, or you can be in the house with a four year old, and you just had a baby, and that child could be jealous of that baby and still kill it if you're not watching it. So okay, but now you're trying to change the situation. No, I'm not changing the situation, and I'm not changing the subject. Face, face, face. I'm face. You have to understand. If that's the case, then hopefully you, as the parent, have recognized this and taken steps to um, help um, the child understand that there's no need to be um, jealous. You understand what I'm saying? That's part of a parenting. But well, that's what I'm Yes, Mr. Talk, she tried to switch the situation and say if the parent was there, well, I'm saying it would be different because the parent would Uh not get locked up. If she was in the house with the children and her 8-year-old went in the bedroom and did what he did because the baby was crying, she would not be charged and locked up. She wouldn't. But when she leaves the house, and she has to get locked up. She did wrong. Yeah, so we would thing. still be focusing on the boy. He still would be charged. Now, them charging him, that's just a charge, guys. They're not going to sentence him like he's 25 years old. You that's bet on that? Start. Don't let the charge fool you Michael, because he's not going to go to jail. He's not going to go to jail for the rest of his life Mike, like an adult They're would. charging an 8-year-old with murder. Do you think that's only something just for show? We do. We listen. We will never know his name. Okay. We don't know his name. Michael. Oh, okay. Right. They're going to try to do all they can to prosecute this kid. They may drop yeah. the charges later, but when you charge an eight-year-old with murder, I would think it's kind of serious on behalf of the DA. Yeah. What I'm telling you, Joe, there is no court in this nation. Joe, there is no court in this nation. Is going to look at this eight-year-old child who killed his, his 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 one-year-old brother or sister. I don't know if it's a brother or sister, right? Right. And 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 <laughs> well, judge you haven't, been, you haven't okay. The trajectory of the law in this country in the past not even ten years, the past five or six years towards minors. It was only about six or seven years ago. If you were only sixteen. Uh, but Joe, we're talking about Joe. We're talking about an eight-year-old child, Joe. Slow down. Hello. And I'm letting you know when you're eight years old and you do something like this, this no court is going to judge you as if you were 16, 25. I'm letting you know he's going to be able. He's going to get out. Have you seen? Okay, hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. I got something here. Hold on. Um, out of Florida, I remember this case. Um, a 13-year-old boy was sentenced to life in prison. Okay, life in prison. What he was? What was he convicted of? First degree murder. Yeah. And you're talking about a 13-year-old versus what an happened? eight-year-old. Let's stay with this case. Case in point: what? an eight. Let's talk about eight-year-old child. And you really? say it doesn't matter. Let's no, say it was a four-year-old child. We keep him. Oh, hold up. No, you hold up. I'm tired of hearing that. You just you don't even let me talk now. You know this is my show. Um, hold on for a minute, Maze. Let me say this real fast. Okay. It, it doesn't matter because it's simple. Uh, number one, they issued a warrant for the eight-year-old boy, so they're going to charge him, okay? Um, his mom only been charged with, what, negligence, I think it is? Now, here's the thing. If they do charge him, like, he'll spend up to, what, 18 years, was 18 in juvie, in juvie, and then be transferred from there to a federal prison? So don't say it can't be done. It, it, there's plenty of cases Yes, this kid was 13. There was another instance where this little boy, I think he was 10. 
practicing wrestling moves on, a, on, on his, his sister. On his sister, yes. And killed her. All right. So don't don't say it, 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 it can't it it won't happen because there are already precedents that where it has happened. That's why we're here talking about it now, so we can ed- hopefully educate somebody, uh, put it out there to where if they're doing these kind of things, then need to take a step back for a moment and say, look, maybe we need to change this because uh, you know I can't go through this and I don't want to see my child going through this. You know, go ahead, Mike. I mean, go ahead, Mays. So I'm wondering, is it about children going to prison for killing other kids? Is it like you just gave three scenarios of where the little boy killed his sister uh-huh. and then another one that was 13 that went to jail? So it's that like I, when I started off, like, this is not the first time something happened like that. No, it's not. But, we, uh, uh-huh. but see, uh, that's, that's like, that was years apart. Yeah, it's years apart, but here's the thing about it. You don't hear nothing about it because they don't want you to hear anything about it. Okay. Yeah, you understand? That's why it's there. They they rather keep you keep you tied up with um you know this supposedly the supposed unsupposedly taking care of ISIL and you know destroying this in ISIL instead of what's going on here in uh, you know in our neighborhoods and things of that. Nature. I ain't thinking about no Ninja Turtle uh, uh man whatever the next Ninja Turtles that they get rid of. <laughs> I just, I call it Ninja Turtle syndrome. Okay. Cause every time it always get they got the main person. <laughs> I'm talking about. I'm worried about these kids. Yes, if you go got ahead, a child in the university, that's what uh-huh. I'm more worried about than anything else. Okay. See, this is where the conversation gets distorted. You and uh-huh. Joe is trying to convey to me because you keep on using 16, 14, then you use 10, but when you use it boy 10. You're not saying that they're going to uh, convict him for the rest of his life. At 10 years old, someone in this nation, our culture says that someone 10 years old kills someone when they're 10, right? And that so we're going to sentence them for the rest of their life in prison until the day they die. That's not our culture. Now, it may be in your culture that you get we're not here in that culture. You guys, at 13, past puberty, I say, okay, you may have a point, but show me a case. Show me a case where someone under puberty was convicted for the rest of their life doing something. Charging someone, listen, charging someone with a crime and arraigning them and letting them go to court, there is no jury is going to sentence someone under puberty for the rest of their life. Not that culture. Not American culture, maybe African culture or one of your cultures that you build, but not in this present culture. Okay. That's all I want to say. Mike, you're absolutely okay. sure that this will <laughs> never happen. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I got it muted for a moment. Um, you know, Mike, uh, you know, you, <laughs> yeah, I love your comments and your opinions, but you just trust the system too much, brother. I'm just going to put it out there. You trust this. You, you, you're someone who believes in the system until there is no, there is a fault. Okay. You 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 just live in that little bubble right there. That's fine. That's what you want to do. But those of us that like live out the bubble and poke the bubble two or three times and see what's really going on, we know what the real deal is. All right, Andrew, you had something you wanted to add? Andrew, uh, yeah, you... like uh, you guys, yeah, you guys have got a really interesting. I mean, it's a you know, there's a lot of topics that that are sensational in their nature, uh, which news reports on that you've picked up on and. A lot of good points coming across that there's a, it's a lot of controversy. I mean, somebody's killed somebody, right? So uh, that is tragic that it's especially happening with somebody so, so young. Um, my question would be, you know, why not 
uh, why we as people, perhaps myself included, not focus more on the systemic, uh, like sort of what I would call the holistic solutions that could be available to be able to transform communities or nations. Because if you look at, I'm looking right now at an article uh, about Iceland and how Iceland, I think, has like one of the third lowest crime rates, probably right next to New Zealand in the world, and uh, what we can learn from it, and they have been studying it, and it points out the things that help the uh, nation to be uh, very, very uh, much more effective and have very low crime. And and it's sad because a lot of people talk about the results of the um, you know the disorganization or the ineffective policies, but very few people are working to create their own alternative policies in their communities to curtail this sort of thing. Like within a five to ten year plan, a community or a nation of people could actually move away from such a system, uh, which is, for example, in the United States right now, not very effective for the people on the ground. Uh, yet they, uh, when I say they, I mean for what I can see, people in general. We, we do not move away from the system in a structured way, whereas people in places like Iceland have, in fact, you know, made sure that they move away from any type of system that's going to exploit them as a nation or as a people. Now, what is this idea to, to, uh, to be so much well, better than anywhere else? Sorry, what was that? What did they do? Well, essentially... Um, what the report is saying is that uh, the class system, although it allows for, uh, it definitely does allow for movement, uh, you know, between sort of upper class or lower class, middle class. Uh, only around 1%, uh, 1.1% said that they were upper class and about 1.5% said that they were lower class. So you have a very high level of equality, but at the same time, it's not communism. It's very much uh, everybody is uh, able to, to earn and able to make a living. So 97% said that they're upper middle class, a lower middle class, or working class, and and so they've uh, part of the part of the reason for that is that they kick the bankers out of their nation. Uh, so they've you know largely they don't have to have fractional reserve banking uh, to the level that. And what I mean by that is it's usury. It's uh, well, what in old English they call usury, but essentially like the Federal Reserve in the United States, it's private private families and, and organizations lending money to the American government at interest, which the American people then have to pay back because Congress passed a law saying we're going, to mar we're going to borrow money from somebody else in order to enslave the entire population uh, and then therefore make the people pay money to our banking friends because ultimately the whole of the Congress has been bought many times over. So you have an ineffective system running, whereas in Iceland they said, well, we're not going to do that because it's not, it's not we, we care enough about our people to say, you know, us as a people, we're not going to put up with this. And what happens with the money that um, the Americans loan to other countries, and they and we have to, you know, like hand out to them too? Well, essentially, it's a house of cards. We don't it's give Iceland anything. Actually like, no, oh, not that I know of. But uh, mm. but here's the thing: uh, the, re the reason that the United States uh, lends money to other nations and through things like the IMF and the World Bank and so on, it's all interconnected is because they want to indebt the other nations. So America is like a launch pad for empire. Um, if you look at the foreign policy of the United States, the United States has, I think, uh, attacked more, other, more countries than any other, any other nation on Earth in the last 100 years. And uh, also, if you don't count all the proxy governments, et cetera, et cetera, it's, it's, uh, it's well, still quite a lot. 
Before I can talk to you about Iceland, I got to do some studying and research and looking to see where they're getting their money and how they're doing it because I can't talk to you about it if I don't know nothing about Iceland. When you call back the next time, I'll be ready for you. Well, well here's something about Iceland. Iceland well, did kick out. Iceland kicked out the bankers, but they fell prey to the 2008 crash. Right. And the reason why they kicked out the bankers is because the IMF was trying to indebt um, Iceland. But Iceland, thankfully for or luckily for them, is that their politicians aren't as corrupt as a lot of the other major nations. So they were able to yeah. sell out the bankers. But oh, they they're pretty corrupt. Prey. But they just checked them out. They checked That's the politicians out too. Right, but you're talking about right. But the whole concept was a more peaceful place. Listen to where you're talking. You're talking about Iceland, sir. Hardly no one lives in Iceland. Yeah, it's only about like no wonder they're going. I understand what you're saying, but we live in America where we have the Second Amendment, citizen-owned guns, and I agree with you. You have to take the holistic approach. I don't think I understand what you're talking about. Economic holistic approach, where you have the most. That was just uh, my first point. That was just right. my first, oh, okay. first point. Okay, that was your first point. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, that <laughs> was just my first point. Okay, so there, there is about 90,000 guns in the country of around 300,000 people. And uh, so they, they do believe in arming themselves. So, uh, so one they, of our, okay, that's one of our heavy three. Okay. Can I, inter- I, I, do, I, I just wanted to interject real quick, real quick. I'm not going to hold it up too long. Because um, I'm familiar with... Uh, with some of the research he's, he's referring to, I think I think the the challenge sometimes with applying a variety of different strategies, as well-meaning as it is, the challenge is that each individualized scenario has to be tailored towards uh, not just the subculture but the culture of that particular location, and it also has to um, really deal with a, a variety of different behavioral patterns um, that, that translate consistently in, in, in these various populations. So, uh, for example, if, if I was to go, and we see this all the time with the IMF and some of these other uh, institutions that go, that go into um, – places like Africa or other countries, and they try to bring these various programs uh, into those parts of the continent, what happens is a lot of people with well-meaning contests and ideas, they'll come in and they have these goals, and then they bring these programs that they believe that that country or continent or, or community needs, so to speak. And then what happens is they never really talk to the people and, the, and really – do enough to find out like what the people actually need, and they don't spend enough time to really study that actual area, community, or city. And so what ends up, what, what up happening is uh, they put these pilot programs and they turn these pilot programs into actual programs that have application. Unfortunately, typically they don't get the, the desired results because they didn't do um, the, the type of research that's necessary to move forward. Not saying that that uh, that that idea wouldn't work. I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is uh, that the uniqueness that each city, each community, each country have unique characteristics. Just like you hear people talking, trying to compare Detroit to Chicago or Chicago to Baltimore, and you can't do that. They they have unique qualities 
and attributes and characteristics. So when you try to apply these 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 um, these concepts to those various locations, it's challenging because I can't. I give you an example. I, I use Chicago. You can't go into Inglewood and apply certain concepts to improve it and build it up and use that same model and translate it into Pilsen. It's not going to happen because each community, they have unique cultural characteristics, behavioral patterns, and specific specified needs. And so when you do that, you have to tailor those needs to that specific location, community, I don't city, know if I agree with country. that. Country, because what what will happen? I'm I'm almost finished. I'm almost finished. I I give you a perfect example. Um, what's happening in in Sweden, for example? I I use that real quick. So, like in in Sweden, you have in Sweden you have uh, you have a a robust economy. You have a robust economy, and they're having an issue with immigration. And I have a different I have a different perspective on immigration, but they're having a problem because because it's a homogenous country. It's all European, period. So now you're bringing in diversity. You're bringing in a variety of people from different cultural backgrounds, and they're being and they're migrating in. And typically in Sweden, you know the income, the the the, the economy was a certain way. You know they didn't have. They didn't really have what we consider poverty. They didn't have that. Now you're bringing in, you know, people from different countries, and automatically when they, you bring them in, they're, this, now they created this caste system. Because now the people that are migrating in, they're, going to, they're not going to have the access to the same resources. They're not going to have the access. Uh, they're not going to have the same welcoming and, uh, and, and, and uh, reaction response for coming into the country. In fact, you, you see a lot of people rejecting and resisting them coming into Sweden. So what's happening now is they're trying to get um, some form of immigration reform. You see this worldwide because they don't want Because basically, bottom line, Sweden doesn't want diversity. Bottom line, because bottom line, Sweden doesn't want diversity. And so since they don't want diversity, they're going to work on immigration reform. And they want, because they want to continue the the same cultural habits, the same they want everything to stay the same. Just let's just keep it basic. They want it to remain the same. They had a specific type of economy and now they feel like people are coming in to to their place and they don't want that. And so now they want to reform that situation and, and keep and, and hinder that from happening. You see the same thing happening in a variety of different countries. Now what's tricky what's tricky about Especially when you talk about it, any form of immigration reform, any any time you do that, do you, do, what's interesting about that is when you look at Aboriginals or the original descendants and inhabitants of various parts, various continents, various countries, I find it quite interesting that typically the people that are most resistant to immigrate are typically people that aren't part of that that original caste, that original founding group of ancestry, the lineage that's tied to that particular country or continent. So so what I'm saying is right. the, resi- the resistance is typically coming from people who stole the country in the first place. So it, it's just like America. Right? 
But you, you, Clap, you, can you, I say you see, wait, wait, I'm almost done. Okay. You see resistance in America right now for my for immigration, right? Yet the 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 people who typically try to resist it are not are, are not the original inhabitants of the continent, right? So so you're telling people you don't want them in your country, right? But it's not your country. You stole it. So <laughs> you you see this you see this behavior being replicated in Africa. And in various parts, in various continents, in the Caribbean, uh, in South America, pretty much anywhere where you you you've seen uh, uh, where, where some mass, I call it mass gentrification, is basically what it is. Let's, let's be honest, mass gentrification. So that's why you see that type of resistance. Now, now, how does that fit in into the into the discussion that we're having right now? It's, it fits because. What we're saying is we're going to apply certain methods that's working in certain continents. And in some of these places are places that resist diversity. I mean, in fact, not, not, only, do they resi- not only do they resist diversity, but their, co- their, econom- their economy is designed to resist it's desire to resist diversity. That that's why you see universal law. I'm I'm almost finished. In, in America right now, All right. we Hold have on. an economy yeah. set up to resist to resist diversity. And cause, cause what happens is you switch one minority, as they call it, for nine minority. So it's like, okay, we can't we can't let you have these certain rights. So we're gonna switch it up and switch you with another group and make y'all fight each other. And then and then we're not gonna stop there. We're gonna convince those who look just like us that whose finances financial condition is way, way lower and way worse and just as bad as is a variety of the people that they, they hate and and use bigot bigotry bigoted behavior against and convince them that they have the same privileges and rights and act, let, forget forget the words privilege and right. That they have the same access as we do with the wealth that we have. So now you got people whose interests are not in line with yours fighting for your interests. So so these people who are at the top, they got people fighting for their interests, and they don't even have the same access. But they believe it because that's part of the big game. People that people assume they have the same access. And that's what oh. and that's what the capital does. Wealth does that. Wealth it gives you access. Let's let's be real. Like the more when you have wealth, you you have access to certain things that you won't have access to if you don't have it. I mean, if you if you could I point a few things out? Can I say something? All right, I'm, I'm done right there. Uh, okay, well uh, the man was talking about Ireland and how perfect it is. It's not perfect because the dark clouds are not over yet. See, uh, okay. all you do is take a look at it at what Ireland what happened. It almost broke. Being invested. That's why the wow. bankers are gone. And they almost went under. So they, their dark cloud is still there, so they're not perfect. Oh, okay. Right. Hello. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, go ahead. All you got to do is look. But I can't talk to um, you really about it because I got to do some more investigation. Go ahead, Andrew. Up, Mr. Talk, yeah, it's not, not so much about it. I'm not so much saying that anybody's perfect. I'm actually trying to explain about the uh, aspects of the, the nation that is something that could potentially help other nations and other groups. But um, what I wanted to do to just answer the, the commentary that you just gave uh, the other gentleman 
you know, self-reliance, I think, first for the self and then for community, is the responsibility of the individual and the community, first and foremost. And if we take, for example, China as traders back in the day when they still had their dynasties, etc., you know, that's a great example of a relatively good and peaceful dynasty, or you could say empire, where they traded silk, etc., with other people, uh, unlike, say, for example, the British Empire. So we can't just make a blanket statement that, you know, people have attacked others and taken over their land, because China didn't take over anybody else's land, as an example. So, you know, we can't say, I mean, well, I'm saying in terms of a whole continental area, they have taken over other lands, obviously. But, you know, you can't just make a blanket statement and say, well, in some cases people have done this, so now that everything's... So so what I'm saying is it's typically, typically, uh, you know, um, uh, you're saying that people are not the, you're not the original inhabitants of a land, but, uh, you know, the world is a really big place. And I think that the best method for social change is to work together for the best outcomes of optimization within communities. We already... I'm not finished yet. We already find ourselves in, okay, so through innovation rather than the desire to settle old scores, you know, people can work together. And, I mean, history is a vast expanse, so the examples don't work for all regions and peoples. And also, if we judge individuals today by the sins of their ancestors, then war will never end. So either people can work together in any given situation to bring balance and optimization, or people can demand others look after them on welfare as opposed to interdependence and self-reliance. And I think that the latter is better. No, well, if I ask the question, if if Africa had, the, if they had control of their own resources, couldn't they uh, be a better power than other people coming trying to use their resources and use well, them and selling well, them? Well, a big question. People? A big question is who is the I'm they? Not I mean, no who owns I'm the world? A question. Well, who is the they? Because they can't control their own resources they. because other people are stealing it. Like them Christian churches, like uh, Pat Robinson mm-hmm. and all of them, I mean, you're their diamonds someone, and all of their resources. You're, you're, you're talking to someone who lives in Africa and is born African, okay? Uh, and? And My the, the point that I'd like to make too. is... So what they got to do with anything? Well, you let him finish. Well, what I'm saying, oh, okay. what I'm saying is that, that <laughs> you're saying no. they. And I mean, when I say, when you say that, when you use the word they, I have to ask the question, who are you talking about? Because, for example, right now, there are people in Africa from, from Europe, or people that are working in Europe to try to help Africa. And people from um, China, And you, you, you're saying that they're taking all the resources, but who are they? You have to They've already say, well, the people that are work. You could, but who are they? That's the thing. You need to be more specific because. Do you want me to break it down? Ultimately. Okay. Well, I want to Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Exploitation. Hold on, Andrew. Hold on. All right, Renee. Welcome to the show. You go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, Mr. Todd. Hi, everybody. Um, I just been listening. Hey, me. Um, I just been listening for like. The last couple minutes, like when um when um Cloud was talking, I think and he was on point. Um, but um, so I don't know the whole scope of the of the conversation, but just from what I was hearing thus far, and the, the man who was just speaking, um, when I'm not going to speak for Maine, but I know when I say they, um, in terms of Africa and like what's going on, I'm talking about white people. I'm talking about Europeans. And I'm also talking about non-blacks because we know that the Chinese are deep in in Africa, and what they've done is they have over they have over one million Chinese nationals now um, in Africa. The the projects that they are doing um, as far as creating different um, corporations and the building and all of that, it's Chinese people who have those jobs. So not only did the Chinese come in okay. to run all of the corporations. 
they brought their own people in to work in the process of building these mm-hmm. corporations. And so it just shows how Africans are continually disenfranchised uh, by, you know, this imperialism that's always going on and the colonization um, that's always going on, uh, most namely from Europeans. And so it's funny to me when I when I hear you say that the people need to work together, it's always funny to me when I hear white people say, you know, after the fact, right, after they come in and take the resources, after they come in and spread diseases, after they come in and do all of these things, uh, on the people, then they say, oh, but once again, we need I would to work together. Excuse me, when they say we need to work together, we need to work together on what? Because when it came to y'all taking the resources the and making money, you wouldn't work just together on that. If I, could, if I could just point something out. Are you saying that, for example, the Irish indentured servants that had to leave Ireland and go to the United States that happened to be white are responsible for, like, think, for exploitation in Africa, the Irish indentured yes. servants of the United States? What? Let, so me, let me tell you like this. Servants. White people as well, a collective. White people as a collective benefit from the colonization they, and the imperialism that's gone on in Africa. Okay. That they have benefited more than that. Do you know that the white men do you know that the white men I'm talking about non Africans. I'm talking about most namely Europeans, but non African people when I say they. I'm very clear. I told you that. Okay, so basically you're saying that if somebody is white, then they're evil or something like that? Um, I will say this. I think white people have a different nature than people of so African So basically in, in, inherently exploitative. Their nature is much one, much more mm-hmm. to control, to manipulate, to, to destroy whatever they come in contact with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So hang on, wait. So, so the guys like uh, people that like tribes in Africa, for example, or even any tribe. Let's uh-huh. take, for example, um, in in China and the Japanese and the Chinese. Them attacking uh-huh. each other like throughout centuries. Um, they're yeah. not exploitative, or or people that live in Africa are not exploitative of each other because they're not white. Okay, well let me or let me explain that to you. Hold on, please. Let me explain that to you. First of all, you're talking about conflict. Conflict can happen within a society, within a group of people. Of the but, same but you're race. saying that white people are worse. Excuse me, let me finish, please. Yeah, I'm, I will explain too. it to you. I'm talking about conflict, right? You're talking, what I'm talking about trying to tell you is white people who are coming in to places with, where there are other races and cultures of people and creating conflict and creating issues and taking the resources. You do not see Africans going into European countries and causing conflict there. You don't see them going into white people's business and trying to take their things and try to set them up and then tell them we need to work together. That's what I'm talking about. And if you look over the entire history of the world, and history supports this, sir, white people have killed over 100 million melanated people on this planet. It is through them going over and trying to take something from somebody else that has caused more damage than this, to this world than any other race of people. So are you saying that I shouldn't? That I are you saying that I are you saying that I shouldn't be? I mean, I happen to be a white guy, just to let you know. I know you are. I said you were when I first started talking. I know what you are. You didn't have to tell us that. We know. I just wanted to point out. Are you saying that I? Are you saying that I should? Are you? Are you saying that I? I should not be trying to help people. 
that I should be trying help to kill people black people? How? How are you help, trying to help people? That, y'all crack me up with that, right? So y'all go into Africa, right? Y'all call Well, he is an African, though. You can't deny him being African right now. Let me finish, please. Let me finish, please. Y'all go into He's more African than you are. Nationality-wise, right? Wait a second. Wait a second. You're saying you are. What you mean nationality-wise, right? What part of Africa are you Nationality-wise, right? But anyway, y'all go into Africa, right? Y'all mm. take the resources, y'all kill the people, y'all set up conflict. Look at Everybody what happened excuse me, in Liberia. Hold on, excuse me. Look at what happened in Liberia. It was firestone tires coming in there, white people. And they helped to create a conflict that was going on with the people. Then at the end, they run and hide, right? And then you send other white people in to say, oh, we're coming to help. After God has already set it up, we're coming to help you. Get out of here with that. No. Okay. So you're saying I shouldn't be trying to Hold help? Hold on, Andrew. Uh, are you finishing now? Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, Go ahead. Here's what I want to say. Andrew, when you say you're from Africa, I'm betting that you're from South Africa. Because the first thing that you had said yeah, when yeah. you were Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because the first thing you had said when you kind of on the line was you still have your hands and feet. Which means as a person who's um, now experiencing, I'd say, the last 20 years of what happened in South Africa, what you were alluding to was that... Um, the um, the original Africans, they're kind of like what, cutting off uh, the hands and feet of people who are not African because of what happened between Mandela and I think. No, no, I was referring to I was referring to throughout history, uh, many different people having that type of thing happening to them, and it's horrific the kind of things that are happening. I mean, right now, right now in our because, nation, we've got we've yeah, got, we've got people. No, but that's not it's not. There's more. There's more. Just to point it out, because you guys are very into the whole concept yeah, well, let me of give black white. Opinion before you give yours. The thing is, okay. is that um, about 20 years ago, I think South Africa, you know, because of Mandela, they switched over to a, a black majority. But the white majority, which had been in South Africa for like 200 years or so, weren't they doing that to the indigenous people, cutting off hands and feet? Well, it depends which white people you're referring to. Those who did it. Okay, but what about uh, – so you're saying it's those who did it but not the white people that didn't do it? Well, I'm not talking about the, the white, white people, people that didn't, didn't do, it. do it benefit from it. Just like in this system, the system of racism and white supremacy, right, you'll have white people hang who say – even Joe, excuse me, let me finish. Uh, just to give Joe as an example, he's calling in, he has different opinions, right? But him as a white man, he still is a beneficiary of the system so of racism and white supremacy and, on, and white privilege. It doesn't matter – excuse me – it doesn't matter – that he is actually going out and doing something to harm black people, but he is a beneficiary of it. So just like South Africa, the, people, the white people who maybe didn't do it, they benefit, right? They benefit uh-huh. from the system in place for white people that oppresses African people. So are you saying that? Why do you have to do with acknowledge that? You, you, you benefit from the petrodollar? What? You benefit from the petrodollar. You, you, you benefit. What, how do I benefit from the petrodollar? Oh, my gosh. Because, because it is your people in power. So guess what? If your people in power, they get to dictate all the laws and policies. They get to dictate who gets what, who does what, right? And so that's going to reflect you. It's not going to reflect the African people who benefit from that. You benefit from that. How do you not okay, understand hang on. that? Can I ask a well, question? What part come, of Africa are you from? Well, excuse me? What part of Africa are you from? South Africa. South Africa. 
Probably you were born but, but here's the question. Like, okay, but my question is, if I'm trying to awaken, you see, I, I think that you're stuck in a in a, quite a serious paradigm. So, if you look at, for example, <laughs> Nelson Mandela, right? Nelson Mandela uh-huh. is a knight of Malta. Tabo Mbeki is also. I have a lot of respect for Maletti Mbeki, his brother, but Tabo Mbeki is also a knight of Malta. And I've got more respect for Tabo Mbeki because he actually left government and said, "I'm not doing this anymore." But thanks very much. Um, following the guy, he was quite logical. And then on top of it, we've got Jacob Zuma, who's in the Order of Bath, which you only get that if you're giving special service to the British Empire. Okay, uh, people, people like uh, Bono get that kind of award. So, so the, the you know the question would be if if all three of the presidents of our nation, like so-called nation, because really there's many different nations inside inside of South Africa, which. Hendrik Favut tried to give everyone their own separate nations, which is quite fascinating. And I'm not saying that he was necessarily economically economically accurate. I had to go and find out about this stuff. When I, I mean, the whole uh, so-called old South Africa ended when I was about 12 years old. But I'm currently, I, I've been working in townships. Let me just finish. I've been working in townships to try and help people. You're saying basically that it's not in my nature to do, so I better, you know, it's, not, it's unusual and I shouldn't be doing it because it's not in my nature. I've also been working, I've been working with, I've been, hang on, I've been working with someone in the Afri- that's connected with the African Union to try and develop sustainable villages and things to try and help people in Africa to have a better quality of life and to try and restructure the economic situation in our, in our nation, in Africa. So that people can. So that hang on. Let me ask you a question. No, we heard you. You helping people. Can I tell you? Let me ask you this question now. If you say that you're helping people, wait a minute. It's very simple. If you say that that you're helping people, right? How are you in a position to help people? You don't think that you being in a position to help people comes from you being a white South African? I said trying to help people. In fact, the gentleman. Hold the gentleman on. that I'm in touch with, Hold the on, people man. that I'm working with, yeah. Hold on. Okay. What happened? Okay. Okay. Can I ask him? Can I speak? Because turn to talk. <laughs> it's my turn. Yeah. Since you want to help them, let me tell you how to help them. Help them with their resources that they had to make it go in their pocket and not somebody else's pocket and drop mm-hmm. down. Because the resources mm-hmm. they yeah, have, that's, that's in the those, kind of thing that we're trying to do. Now, why are you having so much hostility towards me? Let her finish. They will prosper. They can't prosper with somebody else in the way. But what you makes you think that I wouldn't be got. trying to do that? They got all what the resources that they that need. They have all the resources. What makes you think that that's let me, not let me what we're doing? Let me get down to the nitty-gritty of this, okay? Because here's the thing. What Renee was saying was that it's, she's not saying that all white people are bad. She's saying that the white culture. No, that's what she said. She said white on, people. Andrew. What she is Don't saying get upset. Is that that's the I'm very the upset. You're telling you me no in him and I can barely hear him. Excuse me. I can barely hear him. Can y'all let oh, him okay. finish? Hold on a second, then. Uh, all right. What she is saying is that not all you know white did, people. Joe. Is it better? Okay. Not yeah, all white people better. are bad. But what? what that's what she said. That you don't see. Yeah, hold on. You don't see. Um, Africans going over to European countries and trying to colonize them under the disguise of we're going to help you. She's saying that in Africa and in other countries. Cause we, I didn't cause, say that they were. 
It's not about what you said right now, Andrew. It's about what she's saying in order to clarify it because you're trying to get, take uh-huh. her point and then you're trying to stretch it out on a tangential no, basis. Hold saying, on for I'm a second. I'm responsible for that. I know. Me, Hold on Andrew. a second. You're not responsible. She's not saying that for you God's are. Sake. She's saying that the white culture in, on this planet goes over to other countries whereupon black culture, black Africans, do not leave Africa to go to China, to go to Japan, to go mm-hmm. to America, to go to Canada, mm-hmm. to, to yes. conquer those nations. Now, do you think yes. what she said is true or not? I think in recent history, do, yes. So I can wait a minute. Before point. you start going off, do you believe yeah. that what she said was true or not? Well there's, well, there's some Egyptian people, if we go into antiquity, if we say that Egypt is the origination of the pyramids, did the Egyptians go to Ireland? Well, apparently they went to China because there's pyramids there, and if they were the ones that were building maybe, the pyramids, maybe, the pyramids there. Man, maybe, oh, no, sir. No, no, they went to, no they they went to the China. Right. What she's talking about, it makes so absolute sense. I'll just say, okay, based on what she's saying. Andrew, you're not going to talk over me. i got news for you. So here's the thing. Is she... Is she or is she not correct with what she said? She's correct. I'm not. Well, Again, thing in recent history. In recent history, that's either a yes or a no. Or you're trying to avoid, you're trying to evade <laughs> the question. Listen, well, you, listen, listen let me get a word. Why people are scum? Yes, listen, I, I want to get a word. Yeah, after this, Michael, because I want to get weird. to the yes or the no, and then everybody can jump on in. The thing is, but is that she said she made a perfectly clear statement. Which white people? Which white people are you referring the to? The ones who went oh my God. to other The ones from, listen, so, so saying, okay, okay, no, that, no, she, no, no, listen, no, let, let me be clear. She's talking about ones from Western Europe and Eastern Europe around the Mediterranean. How, how about that? Is that more clear that enough? That doesn't even have to be that cool. The, the one who shaped, I don't know of any, listen, the I don't know of any, of shape, um, any country absolutely. from Africa. Then I'll say yes. To any then other European yes. country to well, try I was to more specific. Now, see, okay, but I want to it say It doesn't this, need to be specific I, okay. right now. I'm trying to get okay, a point no, across. Okay, no, no, no. Hold on, said, yeah. I'm trying okay, to get a right. point across. Man, okay. did she or did she not? Do you not understand what she said? No, he understands. He understands what you said. No, you understand it because you said he understands but he's trying to make it. He's trying to go off on a tangent. If you keep going off on a tangent, then all you're doing is is you're avoiding the issue. So I don't want to say yes or no to something complex. Go ahead. I want to say something. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Let Michael go in. Hold on, Andrew. Go ahead. Well, well, sir. Well, sir. Even though I said uh, Western and Eastern Europe, you know what she meant. Now, come on. Now, mm-hmm. I, I just said yeah. it in a no, little. I, I gave more me, terminology, but the, she said she... right. But but you can clear. Okay, but hold on. I want to say this, and I'll be quiet. Both of you are right. And I want, and this is my point of view, and this is how I see history. Yes, Renee is right, but you have to be balanced with the scale. I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong, Renee, but listen to me. It's about technology and it's about trade. Human beings live in the universe, and on this globe there is no lines. That is the fact. And if you look at it, every human being is entitled to the, this earth. There is no lines on this earth, but there's human beings mind who said, I stay here and you better stay over there. That's man doing that. That's the mind, okay? But if you look at trade and technology, yes, when even look at the present and now, the Africans do not have technology that the Europeans have. 
But oh, no, oh, Mike, she cut me off. Stop. Go ahead, Renee. Mike. I mean, stop. Listen to me. There is a trade-off in saying that you, you have something minutes. that I, you have something that I want, <laughs> and I have something that you want. And yes, Renee, I'm looking at the situation with China, and I'm saying I blame the African leaders because the apartheid is over. And when they they should say at least 51 percent of more of those jobs. In that can, it, railroad construction business should go to Africans. You must train the Africans because moving parts break. I agree with that. But if they're going to trade with the uh, with the Asia, the Europeans, and saying, okay, we got this technology, we want to be in Africa, and they don't go to the bargaining table right when they have African black leaders in that country, you cannot totally blame it on the European, just like you cannot totally blame it on the European. In some cases, when the when when trading of Africans, when kings actually sold their brothers. Their blood brothers to slavery because they wanted to show, according to you historians, know, they wanted to show. Hold up, listen to me. Hold up, listen to me. So, 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 what I'm saying right now, Renee, there is a balance of power. Yes, you're absolutely 100% correct. But you have okay. to also, in the same breath, look at the society and the ma- mind of those Africans being brainwashed. Because you have to say, do you bring the person who's being the brainwasher, or you blame the brainwashee? Sometimes the brain, the people who are being brainwashed, have to take some responsibility. So you're right, and it has to be balanced. That's all I'm saying, sister. But now let me ask you're what? right. Okay, let me ask get in there. Okay, you want to talk about Africa? Before, not, before the 56 borders, before the 56 borders, Africa was Africa, and then they they split up and changed the names of all of the different places in Africa. You look at the map now, compared to the map that used to be, it's not even the same map of Africa. So you said that you came from South Africa, and all of the resources that they had, somebody moved them out of the way and put you in there, or was it always that way? Why is everyone speaking as if I am the individual that attacked Africa? I did not, not attack Africa. Attack. I got let, born. Let me I have one more thing to say. See uh, what Mike said that the, that the Africans sold their their brothers slaves. They sold them, but they did not rape them. They did not hang them, and they did not do Hello. all those things. They let Hello. them go, go across to this shore. When they got over here, they might have owned some slaves, and they might have gave them away, but they didn't well, slave them. They did not hang but them. But Mace, we have to look at it and say both people That's not even part of the discussion. Hold on, hold on, Michael. It is. Michael, first off, Mace has to finish a point. Then it's Renee. Then it's okay. But but Joe, but Joe, nothing. This first Mace, then it's Renee, then it's Andrew. When you trade with someone, you don't do it like the Native Americans. They don't even own land in this country because it's been taken away from them. So when you trade with somebody, you give them something for what they got, not you take it and then say it was yours, and and then they don't have any claim on it. They ain't getting nothing from it. You just I tried fighting amongst each other from stuff people got you fighting for your own, but you ain't getting nothing out of it. Right. Okay. I, I want to say that like Mandela went to prison because he didn't want to make a deal to give his people away, and then you saying one didn't want to be uh, in Mandela's place. He quit and didn't want to be a part of the because he wanted to live. That's why he didn't have anything to do with it. And Africa should be in peace with the, the, the original people that should be there. Ruling stuff and, and and determining stuff, they ain't just like what they say. They're not going into other countries. It's just like we ain't going over to Canada messing with them. So why are other people going into messing with their resources? You get their resources and they don't get nothing for it. Yeah, but but let me say this about going into antiquity. All right, if we if we want to do that, 
feel, if we look at the history of the world for all the information that we have currently, we see that it has been white people, not every white person. Not every white person or every black person does anything. That's ridiculous. But we can look historically and see that overwhelmingly it has been white people who have went in and taken over people's land, who have stolen people's land, who have subjugated, who have enslaved, who have done all of these things. Not to say other races didn't do it, but no one has done it to the capacity that white people have historically. And the other thing is this. I'm not, you know, okay. My Ray, we've only got a few minutes because Eric's only got about 14 minutes left on the show. Okay. And then okay. Andrew I'm, and then Mike. Go ahead. Okay. I'm just say this real quick about what Mike was saying about the borders and all that. That's all nonsense, okay? Because in order for there to be society and, and have the laws in place and have proper jurisdiction and all that, we know that there have been borders that have been created for hundreds of years now for different countries, okay? So we got to deal with reality. So that means when you have Europeans coming from Europe into Africa where there are people already there, a people who have established a society, it is not right for them to come in and colonize those people. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you, man. What a spirit of conversation. Y'all thought I was gone, didn't you? Uh-huh. I was sitting right here listening the whole time. Man, I tell you, what a great conversation. Mm-mm-mm. Andrew, are you still there? Yeah. What I feel okay. is really sad is I'm trying to talk about how I'm trying to work on things, trying to help people, and trying to bring mm. positive solutions. And she wants to bring up a sore point. Of history, my people. Okay, my dad was adopted, so it's not the same bloodline at all. Okay, not the same bloodline at all. But the people that adopted him, the ancestor of those people, used to run the British East India Company, and I know what they were about, and it's disgusting. Okay, but my mm-hmm. problem I have is every single time I try to get onto one of these shows on Blog Talk, especially when I'm trying to reach out with people for Radio Africa and the stuff that I'm trying to bring to just try and create trade routes or whatever it might be to try and build sustainable villages, etc. I get someone piping up saying, you did it, you did it, white people, white people. And I'm like, for goodness sake, get out of that paradigm. Go listen to some KRS-1. You know, there's no black or white. You are not a color. It is a psyop. There's huh. culture, yes. Go <laughs> listen to what KRS-1 has to say about white and black. There is no white and black, man. If you were white, you'd be dead. If you were totally black, you'd be dead. That's what KRS-One says. I'm just so frustrated with it, man. I try to come and I try to bring positive solutions and tell people about positive things that are happening, and I just get this thing fired at me, and I don't feel good about what the Dutch East India Company did or the British East India Company, and I understand who was behind it, and I understand a bit of the history there, and it's to do with certain belief systems. It wasn't, did they get sucked into it? Did they get moved over to United States as indentured servants? Did people get forced to go to Australia? White people forced to go to Australia? Oh, you stole a loaf of bread. Well, sorry, your whole family's going to Australia now. Yes, they did. It's called terraforming. And it was the British government. And it was people behind the British government, very wealthy, powerful families. So yes, did they go there? Yes, they did. By force. You will go and you will... We're gonna. You've got to kill these Aborigines, or we're gonna kill you, soldier. Wow, what a choice. So there's a lot more to the story. I'm so frustrated. I'm so frustrated calling into these shows and trying to do what I'm trying to do, and just getting basically hatred out of it. But then again, I'm sure that you guys have got a lot of that from organizations like the Ku Klux Klan. So who am I to speak about being, you know, discriminated against? Hmm. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Um, hold on for a minute. 
so we make sure we get you some last words in. All right, Mike. We got we got a little bit of time left, so let's go on and get the um, last words in. Starting with Mike. Mike, last words, sir. Yeah. Well, first of all, Renee, you're saying look at reality in about lines. No, I want you to look at the earth the way it is. The lines that you see on the globe, man made those lines. They restructured those lines. World War One, they restructured the lines. Roman Empire, they restructured. Look at Eastern and Western Europe. Look at uh, uh, Northern and Southern uh, uh, um, um, Egypt. Man put lines there, but in actuality, there is no lines on the in the world. So when we're talking about trade, uh, people trading goods with each other shows that human beings will always be interconnected. It's just a fact. We're not. We can't be separate. So if you have a separatist mentality, even the European, the white supremacists, they will never be separate from the people who they think that they feel uh, that that they're higher than. They need them. Even when you're talking about Africa, other countries need Africa, right? Other countries need the United States. People need China to make all these goods. People need Russia to be at least the uh, the, the second, uh, second superpower to keep the United States in check. I can go in many, many ways, and it will be factual, where we are all interconnected. That's just the way it is. You can't say human beings are on this globe and they should be separated when in actuality you can clearly see that they affect each other. And what I'm trying to say is, you're right, and it's clear, both sides of the trade of enslaving people were wrong. The people who were selling and the people who were buying, they were wrong. No one should say one was uh, uh, more uh, or, 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 or worse than the other, because you're in the contradiction. It's still a deal. It's still, it's still trading. It's still crazy. And, and another thing that I want to say, and this is, and, I, and I'll be done, listen, and, Renee, listen to this. There is only uh, 2% of African Americans are in technology. Out of, from, in technology businesses, from employment across the board, 2% is in technology. Now, you, you got a guy, and I said something here. A computer is never independent from human beings. A guy came on here and it says, well, this, uh, a computer, it can alert things and it can check itself. Yes, he's right, but the human being has to look at the alert because the alert may be something uh, passive, may be a false positive, a false negative. He may delete it. It may be something. But the human eye, when you go into a security system, even though it's, uh, a computer may seem like it's running it by itself, a human being is in that center. You can never automatically update a computer system because if you do, there's pros and cons to that automation because if you automate it, update something to protect your system, if you do not test it first, it may affect some uh, configurations in some of your hardware systems. So you must test it first. Once again, when you automatically do something, it's, it's, it's crazy. So human beings will always interact with computers, but you had Mr. Talk, I must say, you and Chef Rob try to come back behind me and prove me wrong. No, I raise my family and I make a good income about what I'm talking about, but it's sad. Man, ain't nobody talking about that right now. Shoot, that was last Monday. Hey, we done moved on from that. Just accept it, all right? Artificial intelligence will be taking over. All right? God dang. You just had to go there, didn't you? Whatever. All right, May, it's your turn. Play with me it's like my that. Turn. When we speak of Africa, Africa's children are over here in this country. They don't know. Some of them are going back to see the motherland, but now that's even being taken over. One of these days, somebody's gonna tell us 
that our ancestors didn't come from there. And we keep on letting people do what they're doing. But there's a lot of us that still around knew and know what tribe they came from, and they can go back to it and enjoy their family, and we can see what's wrong with them and what their problem is, but you won't let us come back in droves to have a family reunion. So if you're working on something like that, kudos to you. But if you're not, you're just part of the problem. If you were born there or if you just came there by mistake, you know who your family is. We, some of us, don't. And then when that day do come, it's just like Rome fell. Everything else going to fall when we go home and have a family reunion. With that, have a good Friday. All right. Thank you, Mace. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Let's see. Next up, let's see. All right, Mr. Andrew, your last words, sir. I'm glad you can be with us today with your last words. Oh, look, it's been really heated, man. You've got a great show, and I just I just, I just, just am so frustrated because, like, you know, I've literally had people saying to me, you know, thanks for coming and visiting us, like being working with a guy that's with the ANC, trying to create awareness about certain things in the townships and stuff like that. And, and like, it's just not so, excuse the pun, but it's not so black and white. You know, if people can just start getting away from that paradigm and start realizing how to work with each other instead of being all scared of this, you know, all I can say is go listen to some KRS one. <laughs> yeah, that's. Wow. I don't have anything else to say, but it's been good being on the show. All right, thank you, Andrew, and we appreciate having you. All right, next in the, on the mic is Renee. Renee, are you there? Yeah, um, I want to say, how dare you? How dare you to the guy? I think his name is Andrew. How freaking dare you? To me, this shows the audacity of a lot of white people. So you sit up and your people, whether you want to accept it or not, your people of your heritage, of your race, okay, these came in and destroyed African people, destroyed their cultures, destroyed their country, excuse me, destroyed their value system, and all of these sorts of things, especially when we talk about South Africa. South Africa, and you sit here and you say every time you try to talk about this, somebody pipes up and says something, you're damn right we pipe up and say something, and we should. You want to sit here, and your people have done all of this, but when somebody says something back about it, about the fact that all of this has happened and continues, that's the part you're missing. It's continuing to happen. This is not just in the past. It's history. It's current, right? It's present, right? And you want us to not say anything about it because that makes you feel better, because that makes you feel more comfortable, but people don't acknowledge the fact that your people have destroyed so many, have killed so many, have ravaged so many, more than any other race of people on this planet. I can have ultimate respect for Joe because Joe understands that. That's not saying that he personally did it, but he understands that it was people of his race who have imposed these things on melanated people all over the planet. We can look at and see, and this is a fact, that it was white people who wiped out the Tasmanians. We can look at Australia and see it was white people that killed off, killed all of these aborigines and took the children and put them into schools in order to, quote, unquote, civilize them, right? We can look at all of these things historically. We can look at the white men coming to this land, right? and taking it from Native Americans, right, and, and people, uh, other Melanated people who were also here, and doing things 
like giving the people smallpox. See, that's when you talk about helping, right? So they gave the Native Americans blankets, right? They're supposed to help them. But guess what? Smallpox was in the blankets. And then what you have? Wiped out a whole mass of people, right? So you don't want to acknowledge any of that when you are a beneficiary of it today. That's why I said to you, you said you go in and you help these people. Well, how are you in a position to help people? How are you? It is because of your people. It is because you are a white person. You are a white South African. That's why you're in a position to help other people. I don't care if you was adopted or not, whatever. All white people, this is the thing we need to understand. All white people benefit from the system of racism, white supremacy, because what it does is it establishes a value system that is going to be most beneficial to whites and not to others meaning you're going to squash down and oppress other races and ethnicities of people, right, so that your belief system and that what you desire is going to override the whole the whole other masses of people, especially on this planet, especially in America, right? So we have to acknowledge that you cannot help people if you will not acknowledge what your people have done and not allow them to feel the way they feel about it. Don't nobody have to make you feel good. Because you're a white man, we're supposed to act like this stuff ain't happening. We're supposed to act like you don't benefit. We're supposed to act like your people didn't come into South Africa and do all of that damage that they did. And you're going to tell me it ain't about black and white? And you from South Africa? That ain't nothing but about black and white, everything that's happened there historically. Don't, don't urinate on, on my leg and tell me it's raining. Right? Don't play with me on that. And then as far as what Mike said, that's all a bunch of bull. I don't even know what he's talking about. The truth is the truth, right? We can look historically and we can look at present day of what's going on, who's doing what where, who's taking from who, who's killing people, right? And we see that it's not black people or people of African descent who are the ones behind, uh, what, 90%, 80% of what's going on today. I'm done. Thank you, Mr. Talk Great Show. All right. Thank you, Renee, as always. <laughs> just makes just send chills up my spine when she talks. <laughs> All right. Anyway, last but not least, Joe, who are you at? Hey. Yeah. Hey. The thing is that everybody has a point of view of which most, if not all, well, not all of which, but most of which, um, maybe even some, they have valid points. The thing is, is that when we get on touchy subjects like this, People don't want to listen to one another. They don't want to absorb the valid points that each other has. And I think it would be good if we all did that because everybody, Andrew has a good point, Mike, Renee, Maze, you, myself. But I find not only on this show but another show, especially when it gets to blacky whitey, and you know how I feel about that because everything always, you know, seems to, no matter, well, most black shows anyway, always seems to get down to the black versus white. But people do have to listen to the other one's point of view, and as Mr. Michigan has said uh, a couple of times, and try to absorb what it is that's positive about what the other person is saying. That way the discussion can move forward. But uh, when we're always at at each other's um, confirmation bias, then, you know, we're always stuck going back to the beginning, and the beginning is always my point versus your point. I would like to see it where you're right, I'm right, 
let's merge our the 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 validity of our different points of view, put them together, and see what we can do. I would like to see Andrew come back on the show and offer his holistic uh, points of view about how to um, how to help other people, and see if you know if those points of view are actually valid. You know, without getting into well, who are they? You know. And which would incite, of course, the kind of uh, you know the kind of reaction from Renee and from Mays, um, because you know unless Andrew, you really know everybody here, and until they know you, when you present a point of view, it's going to be inflammatory at the beginning. You, you should make yourself more clear um, about what it is that you want, and then you know we'll see what happens. I'm not saying you're going to get. Uh, 100% of the people um, thinking that, you know, you've got um, valid points of view or not. Uh, but, you know, it took it took some time for for us to absorb Mike, you know. <laughs> so uh, I had to throw that out there because he's always making a dig at me. Uh, so... Uh, even if you're not mentioning my name. The thing is, is that um, we should, uh, to repeat myself, take a look at each other's point of view, see if there's anything valid about it, merge it together, see what happens. And on that note, everybody have a good Friday, good weekend. See you all when I see you. All right. Thanks, Joe. You have a great week as well. Take care. All right, man, what outstanding show. And uh, wow. Explosiveness. That's where you're supposed to be on a Friday. Hey, hey, hey. You know, you're supposed to be out there. You know, but Joe did bring up a good point. And it's something that I say all the time. And I had to learn this same thing once I started doing the show. Is you have to open to other um, ideas, comments, frequencies. I mean, you don't have to utilize them if you don't want to. But you just can't, when you first hear it, you can't just toss it out as being uh, negative. You know, it, it, you just can't do that. Um, as I said, if, if we all were to sit down and start talking and listening to each other, we may find that we, we, we're more in sync than we realize. Easier said than done. Because in a lot of instances, we are so conditioned and geared up as soon as we hear something that's negative or something that goes against what we think is right, we automatically jump into defense mode and we're going for the juggler then. As I often said on the show, how do we learn like that? It's hard. It's hard to learn like that. Um, It's going to take some time. It's going to take some work. But I I believe we can do it. I, I really do. But... It's going to take more conversation, more understanding uh, uh how to get there, get there. We're going to get there, y'all. I have, have faith we're going to get there. <laughs> I really do. Um, there are a couple of things I'm going to talk about before I get up out of here. I got about 20 minutes, so, yeah, real fast. Um, earlier we was talking about the um, eight-year-old that was um, – that killed um, the, the child in um, – Alabama, and we're talking about CPS. Did you know that in the state of Colorado, if the father does not live in that state, he has no right to his child? 
And that's according to CPS. That's right, in Colorado. So, you know, when we throw it out there, well, where's the father? Some states make it, you know, just extra hard. Um, just throw that out there, just so you know. Um, Texas County says Sandra Bland. Y'all remember Sandra Bland, right? The young black lady that supposedly hung herself in um, Purview and M, Texas jail. Well, um, <laughs> the county says that Sandra Bland committed suicide because she was upset that her family could not bail her out, which is only a $500 on. Can you imagine that? How, how, uh, <laughs> oh, how, how crazy is that? How crazy is that? You know, and they asked for the the lawsuit that was filed by the uh, family, asking for it to be thrown out on this is right here on that that one reason right. There, they're asking for it to be thrown out. <laughs> Interesting. Down in the great state of Florida, Republicans are having a, a get together, y'all. Where you got all the top Republican um, um, <laughs> candidates and things of that nature is down there talking. If you want to check it out, go to C-SPAN. It's on there live for the next two days. But I found something. I was listening to it before I came on the air. It's interesting. There's um, Representative David Jolly. He's running from the Senate out of the state of Florida. And he has introduced legislation called the Thin Blue Line. And basically it says if you kill a cop, be prepared to give your own life. Now, here's a question about that. So, if that's the case, where's the legislation that if a cop kills kills you, what is the cop going to give up? Because recent, recent activity has shown they're not giving up much, if anything. It's just something, just something I thought I'd throw out there. Ted Cruz said on the first day of office, if he's elected president, he would eliminate Common Core, launch an investigation into Planned Parenthood, rescind all the Obama's illegal actions, Council the Iran nuclear deal and about five other things. <laughs> and when I heard him say that first thing I said was Okay, what <laughs> what else she gonna do? I mean the first day you gonna do all that on the first day. Um, I think you got to go through Congress to do some of that, but and it's not going to happen on the first day. But see, they, you have to listen to these clowns, man. And yes, I call them clowns. I do. I call the Democrats clowns too, because they're they're a bunch of clowns as well. You know, because you listen to them, and the the just of all the 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 speeches or whatever that was going on that today was against Hillary Clinton. Who cares? Who cares? Tell me what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Now, oh, they're good at telling you what they're going to do, but nobody's telling you how. But anyway, there's something for you to think on. And let's see, Ben Carson. <laughs> Wednesday, he went on uh, Fox and Friends, and he criticized college students for clampdowns on free speech this week. Um, he said, um, university, if university officials do not gain, regain control, we will move much closer to anarchy. He called for more of an open discussion on the issue. We're talking about at Missouri, University of Missouri. This is just raw emotion and people just being manipulated by outside forces who wish to create disturbances, he said. Now, out of all the things Ben Carson has truly said, this is finally one I really agree with. And, you know, 
You have to understand, George Soros is still out there financing Black Lives Matter. Y'all, y'all didn't know that. For those that didn't, I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now. Um, and he went on to say, um, he was asked, uh, what makes a, what he make, constant, what he makes of a new initiative at the University of Missouri, asking students to call campus police when they hear something they find insulting. <laughs> and Carson said, we're being a little too tolerant, accepting infantile behavior. To say that I have a right to violate your civil rights because you're offending me is un-American. It is unconstitutional. Okay, that's what we disagreed on again. All right, and one other thing. One other thing, real fast. You know, I was listening to a show, and y'all know how I feel about um, talking about other shows. But in, in this context, I have to mention it. Um, you know, there's a lot of guests that we have on our shows. And we bring them on to, for specific reasons, you know. And in many cases, is to enlighten, um, educate our listeners. And I was listening to the show, and they had a vanguard, one of the vanguards of, on the show of, uh, I'm going to say vanguard of hip-hop or, or what have you, um, um, political awareness or what have you. And I'm listening to the show, and I used to don't listen to other shows. I'm not going to even feel to you. I may drop in five, ten minutes, and I roll out. Okay, but in this instance, I was interested. Let me see what's going to be said. You know, got my peak up, and I think it was about thirty minutes to the show. There was nothing, nothing. The hosts weren't asking any hard questions. The hosts weren't being um, disrespectful or negative. None of that. What happened to this so-called um, um, vanguard of, of, uh, of <laughs> I guess, political correctness or political righteousness or black powerness, however you want to say it? I think I think his name was Professor Griff or somebody like that. Anyway, and I'm listening to this. I'm like, wow, this is really sad. This is really sad. But that goes to show. That goes to show you one thing, and here's why I'm mentioning it. That goes to show you that everybody who says they're down, they're not. Just because you see them on certain shows or whatever doesn't mean they all that. You know, it doesn't. And that just helped open my eyes and made me aware of, wow, this is really something else. It's really something else. Why can't what makes it so hard? Why? Why? Well, I'm going to tell you. Um, I got a guest coming on next Friday. And no, um, there's not going to be no easy questions. It's not. It's not going to be. I mean, because <laughs> this this guy here has written a book. Um, and uh, it's a very good book. But it can be controversial at the same time. So we're going to get into it. And I want to see. I want to see. But what I'm saying is if you're a so-called elder, and I put quotation marks around that, because sometimes elders don't have to be um, older than you, okay? Let's be honest. Um, but if you, you're an elder, stand up for what, stand up for what is right. If you're going to educate, 
Educate, educate. If you're not, get out the way and let somebody else do it. All right? Stop perpetrating a fraud, as we used to say back in Germany back in the day. All right? Get out the way. Move. All right? So, <laughs> that's it, y'all. I'm through. I'm through. I'm through. I just had to throw that out there. Somebody on here know who I'm talking about, what I'm talking about. Um, but anyway, it's been fun. Uh, we'll be back on here Monday with another show. We can't wait to get, see what we can come up with for you. Um, but I'm sure it's going to be fun. All right. Um, let's see. Remember, keep smiling, show appreciation, forgive with open heart. But make sure you're forgiving yourself first. And the biggest and the best thing, learn to laugh at yourself. Because you can laugh at yourself, man. Everything else is just gravy. All right. Uh, we're going to take you out of here today with some Bob Marley. Get up, stand up, and uh, whatever else decide to play. Who knows? But until Monday, y'all, y'all have a good one. It's been fun. I'm out of here. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your rights. Go!